Well, it's uh, Christmas here in Hanoi, in Vietnam. It's about 2 p.m. in the afternoon. December 25, 2019, John LeBond coming to you from the capital of this uh, beautiful country. And Ab did say that he'd have a Christmas open house with his fakeologist audio chat, so I thought I'd pop by and say hello to all of the fakeologists out there and, of course, all of the realologists who seem to have made their way to this website over the past year or two. There's almost more realologists here than fakeologists, it would seem, based on some of the things I've been seeing and hearing lately. Goodness gracious me. Apparently, don't take my word for it. Hold on, here's that. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm, a never-ending rabbit hole, isn't it? What's it been now for me? Five years? What's it now? 2019? Yeah, five or six years, man. And I'm still learning things. I'm still discovering things and thinking, hold on, maybe I have been deceived again. What do you guys think of this person X is person Y idea? What are your thoughts on that? Fakeologists and realologists around the world, what are your thoughts on this? This idea that person X is person Y. We all know that Bill Hicks, Alex Jones one. Some of us believe that, some of us don't. But what if that's just the tip of the iceberg? What if that's almost like a red herring distraction? What if that is, what if that is uh, child's play compared to some of the, the other person X is person Y? What if Justin Bieber is really the weekend? Sounds crazy, I know. Sounds batshit crazy, really. But is there some evidence to suggest that this may well be the case? Hmm. That's the question. Goodness gracious me. So, yes. Uh, hmm. Person X is person Y. But yeah, getting back to this uh, fakeology realology thing. So I've noticed that uh, realology has pretty much taken over this website in 2019, to the point now where more of the audio chats seem to be from realologists than fakeologists, which is a bizarre turn of events, really, when you think about it. It says it in the name, fakeologist.com. It's run by a guy who calls himself the fakeologist. Uh, he blogs regularly about media fakery, fake news stories. But the basic idea of this place seems pretty straightforward. If you look through the archives, there's interviews with people like Simon Shack, Chris Kendall, people who have been spending years talking about media fakery, the fakery in the media. They lie about stuff, not just 9-11, all kinds of things. So that's the, that's the general gist of this place. The general gist is people come here and they discuss the potential fakery on the TV. Sometimes the TV lies, yes. Sometimes the TV will lie and you don't even know why the TV is lying. Yeah, it's not like a straightforward liar where it's like, oh, well, they're lying about this to achieve this. Sometimes you don't know why they're telling these lies. Why are you telling these lies for TV? You just told me a news story that is not true. Why would you do that? What, who's behind this? Why are they doing this? What's their agenda? What's their end goal? And the funny thing is, say with 9-11, you ask all the different people, not just on this website, but, but all over the place, why did they do 9-11? If they faked it, or if they embellished it, or fabricated it, if they were behind it, why? You'll get all different kinds of answers. You'll get, oh, they wanted to bring in anti-terror laws. You'll get, oh, they wanted to go to war. They wanted to go and get the oil. They, you get all these different stories, right? Most of them are completely wrong, obviously, quite obviously wrong. Most people have no idea why none of them was done, as far as I'm concerned. But the point is, you get all different kinds of perspectives on why, and, and we don't really know why. I'm very confident about my answer as to why, but I don't know for sure. I don't know. Since I did, oh, you have to know why they're lying to know they're lying. That's crazy, isn't it? And yet, there are people on this website, realologists, who say, oh, why, why would they lie about that? If they're lying about this news event, why would they lie about that? And it's like, why are you asking me? You're at fakeologist.com. 
pathologist. We don't necessarily know why they're lying, but sometimes they lie. Yes, even about things you would never think they would lie about. Small stories, big stories, everything in between. Yes, so why would you, why are you coming here with this realology nonsense? What the hell is going on here? What's the point? You see? And so recently I was listening back to an old call with Marcus Allen and Chris Kendall. Marcus Allen, formerly of Truth in 7 Minutes, and Chris Kendall, still to this day of the Hoax Passes call. And this was a call from 2012. So we're talking seven years ago, man. And you know what they're talking about? Can you guess what they're talking about? Fake natural disasters. Oh, fake natural disasters. Yeah. For instance, the tsunami that supposedly hit Japan. There's lots of people who think that the footage that we were shown was fake. There's lots of people who think, hold on, all these cars floating around some city in Japan. How can the cars float around like that? Cars sink. You put a car in a big body of water and give it a couple of minutes and she's going straight to the bottom. All right? So how come all these cars are just floating around in this footage of, of this tsunami? Well, maybe it's because this event is fake. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. We can at least discuss it here at fakeologist.com, one of the very few places where you can discuss this. Then there were these landslides apparently happening. Apparently there were these landslides going on. I listened to this call between Ab and Simon Shack from, I don't know what year that one was from. 2013, perhaps? I'm not sure. But we're talking many years ago. Many, many years ago. And Simon Shack is talking about how maybe there's these fake landslides. Maybe the news is lying about fake landslides. It's like, what? Another natural disaster they're lying about. Very interesting. And then you consider where fakeology is at today, fakeologist.com, and we've got these realologists here who are saying, oh, no, they wouldn't lie about natural disaster. You can't say that. You make us all look bad. It's like, what? What am I listening to here? What, what is this nonsense? Do these, do these people know what website they're on? What is going on here? Can someone explain this to me? Very bizarre stuff. Very bizarre stuff. Why would you go to a website where everybody who's been there for years are happy to discuss the fakery on the TV and potential fakery, such as natural disasters? Why would you go to that website and then tell everyone, no, you can't talk about that? Why would you do that? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I think fakeology is in a strange place right now where the leading fakeologist website, fakeologist.com, seems like it could be the tipping point between realology and fakeology. And it looks as though the realologists have the numbers at the moment. Where's all the fakeologists? Why are they doing audio chats? Where are they all? Where's everybody gone? Have they gotten sick of the realologists? Are they tired of dealing with realologists at fakeologist.com? And that's why they're not coming and doing the audio chats? Is that the reason? Maybe. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me on this 25th of December, 2019, Merry Christmas. Man, Christmas is weird in Vietnam. It's weird because the stores all have Christmas music and that freaking Mariah Carey song. Everywhere you go. Christmas songs, Christmas songs, Christmas songs, right? They've all got the songs, they've all got the songs, they've all got the songs and the Christmas trees and the decorations. But here's the thing. It's not a public holiday. They don't get the day off. Christmas is just another day here. It's just another day. It's not a special thing. So it's kind of like having all the worst elements of, of Christmas in the West, but none of the good elements. See, as consumerist as Christmas has become, at least most people do still spend Christmas with their families, which you could make a case is a good thing. And I think most people would say it's a good thing. Spend some time with your family. It's good. You can see the good side in it, anyhow. I mean, there are arguments. There are counter-arguments. I understand those arguments. I've made them myself. But at least in some sense, hey, have the day off. Hang out with your family. In some ways, this is a good thing. They don't do that here. They just go to work like any other day. So what's the point of all of this Christmas nonsense leading up to it? Well, think about it. 
it's basically just like a like a marketing thing, really. That's all it is. Like, there's no pretense of it even being a real thing. It's all marketing. It's all just just you know Christmas Christmas theme for no reason other than just to buy things. So of course the shopping centres are playing all the music and putting up the tree because it's like a meme. It's like the meme of Christmas. You know, the Christmas tree. What do you buy to put under the Christmas tree? Presents. So what are you doing this Christmas? You're buying presents for people. You know, but it's, it's bizarre to be in amongst this uh, this clearly fake Christmas. Like, can you imagine such a thing? You know how all the imagine wherever you live. And you've got all these stores promoting Christmas, and it's like, you know it's Christmas, there's all the music going on. Even if you don't watch TV, like I don't, you know that it's Christmas just by the, the red and the white everywhere, right? Like, you don't even need, you don't need to be reminded by television shows Christmas is coming. Like, you just, you sense it everywhere you go. Christmas, Christmas, you get it. But imagine if all of that happened, and then on Christmas Day, it was just a normal day. Can you imagine such a thing? That's how it is in Vietnam. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see who pops in to Fakeologist for the Christmas special. I don't know if anybody popped in before me. I'm not sure. But uh, you would think people will start rolling in as Christmas spreads around the world. What is it now in uh, in America? They've just ticked over into Christmas Day officially. I think they have, yeah. So maybe I'll be back. Maybe I'll come back later on in the day here because I'm not spending time with family. I have no family in Vietnam, obviously. So, yeah, what am I doing today? Same as every other day, pretty much. So maybe I'll pop back in later tonight and there'll be people here celebrating Christmas, maybe. I don't know how I feel about Christmas, to be honest. Like... I feel about it because there are these arguments that if you have one day where everyone has to spend time with family, it might actually be they're less incentivized to make time to see their family outside of that special event. And you'll hear a lot of people say this: "Oh, I only see them at Christmas. I only see them at Christmas." You know what I mean? It's like, why is that? You can see them and be around them because you do it for Christmas, but you don't do it other than Christmas. Why is that? And so I think some people keep being around their family, and they have to have to go through the motions. So I don't know. And then I think there's some people, it's not that they hate their family, but they just find it a very exhausting exercise. The same, you know, the same thing over and over every year. I think some people do hate that element of Christmas. But there are some families out there, I'm sure, who do love Christmas. They love being around their family, I'm sure. I mean, it must be real for some people. You would think, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the whole family thing, some people love their families, some people hate their families. Some people are indifferent. You'd think it's a huge part of who someone is. Like, do they get along with their family? Listening to that call with uh, Simon Shack and... Uh, Marcus Allen and Marcus was asking Simon about his brother who apparently used to race uh, cars he's a car car driver a motor motor race driver yeah and then Simon said oh I don't speak to him anymore you know he's, he stole money from my mother and and uh, from our mother I guess their mother and uh, and I don't speak to him anymore he's not a good person it's like hmm, that's, imagine that imagine such a thing but this is very common man people have problems in their families this person doesn't speak to that person. This person doesn't speak to that person. This person's never forgiven this other person for this thing. Resentment, hostility, anxiety, the whole shebang. Hmm. No, just human nature, I guess. Just human nature. They get along, they don't get along. They get along again, don't get along again. I don't know. Strange stuff. Strange stuff. Another thing, too, here in Hanoi, there's lots of people that put uh, Christmas lights or, or lights that are similar to Christmas lights on the trees like on the trees, on the streets, but I don't know if that's for Christmas or if that's just what they'd like to do to, to just decorate things. So I'm looking forward to finding out over the next few days, do those lights come down or do the lights just stay there? That'll be interesting. And then in a couple of weeks, man, I'm out of here. After six months in beautiful Vietnam, it's time to leave and go somewhere else. I'm going somewhere different. Early January. Going to a different place. Will I ever come back to Vietnam? I don't know. That's a good question. I think about that. Will I come back? I don't know. If I do, 
No problems. I like this place. But if I don't, probably because there's so many other places to go as well. So many places to go. So many people to meet. So many things to see. And questions to ask. Wait, so let me get this straight. You all putting up these decorations. You all put on this freaking Mariah Carey song. But none of you are actually having a day off on, on Wednesday? No? Hmm. That is, that's, hmm. It's very strange. So why are you doing all the decorations and stuff? Well, because it's Christmas. Yeah, but it's like, but it's not really for you, is it? Because just, it's just another day for you. Yeah, but it's Christmas. All right. When in Rome, as they say. When in Rome. When in Rome. When in Rome. When in Rome. Now, there's an expression. When in Rome. Oh, yeah. As in ancient Rome, right? How many of these hoaxes have made their way into our regular language? Think about it. When in Rome. That expression, I don't know. I've never looked it up. But I would imagine that expression is meant to be somehow related to this idea of an ancient Rome, yeah? Let's look this up. Let's look this up right now. When in Rome. When in Rome. Let's have a look. Okay, there was a film called When in Rome in 2010. Looks atrocious. No, that's not what I was looking for. Here we go. Wikipedia. <clears throat> Let's have a look here. When in Rome may refer to when in Rome do as Romans do. A proverb attributed to St. Augustine. The phrase means that it is advisable to follow the conventions of the area in which you are residing or visiting. Indeed. It's good advice. Now, who is St. Augustine, you might wonder? Well, let's take a look, shall we? Augustine of Hippo was a Roman African early Christian theologian and Neoplatonic philosopher from Numidia whose writings influenced the development of the Western Church and Western philo- philosophy and indirectly all of Western Christianity. <laughs> well, that looks very boring. So supposedly he lived in 350 AD and he died in 430 AD. So this guy's obviously a hoax character. Let's go and take a look at the references for this guy. What's... What, uh, what influence, what uh, works does he have? What, uh, where do we get these works from? How do we know what this guy ever said? Ooh, we've got more than 100 titles. Best known for his confessions. Now, let's go down to editions. Well, well, well. So, St. Augustine's most uh, well-known book or work is called Confessions. If you go to the Confessions page and go to the editions, they list three editions. You're going to love this. One is from 2014. One is from 2002. And one is from 1960. What the hell? Oh, come on, JLB. They must have, they must have older versions of the book. Oh, they must. Let's check the sources. We've got one from 1966. We've got one from 1955. 1963, 2008. So among the references, the sources, and the further reading, the oldest book that is listed here is 1955. Okay? Just think about that for a moment. Let's go down to English translations. Maybe there's an older version there. 1960, 1955. Here we go. 1886. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, and who was it? It was old mate Pilkington, was it? Mm Mm-hmm. Here we go, 1838 by E.B. Pusey. There we go. 1838, guys, we're, we're making progress. That 1838 version appears to be the oldest version that they've, that they've listed. Let's go and take a look at this, shall we? Let's click the link. Augustine's Confessions, translated by E.B. Pusey. I'm very grateful to blah, blah, blah for, of the University of Notre Dame for correcting these files, blah, blah, blah. 
Let's go to book one. Ah, what do you know? Book one instantly begins with the writing of the main text. No introduction or or explanation about where the book came from. So we're meant to believe that back in 1838, some dude has translated a book by this guy called Augustine. Okay, but if you go and check that 1838 book, it doesn't tell you, here's where I got got this book. Here's what what I'm translating for you. Here's where it comes from. Some guy had this book in his attic for 1,500 years and then I found it now I'm translating it. No, there's none of that. It's just, it's just straight into the narrative of, of, the, of the text that is supposedly being uh, translated. So all, everyone just assumes that, that all these old books are like come from older books. Oh, no, like our English versions today, that they were translated from the originals. Like, yeah, I thought so too until I started this practice of trying to find out where the originals are. And there aren't any. It's all make-believe. We live in a make-believe world in so many ways. And our history is completely fabricated. Completely fabricated. From start to finish. From start to finish, yes. Completely fabricated. And most people will never get it. It's too much for them. It's, what? No ancient Egypt? No, there has to have been. There has to have been. There has to have been in ancient Rome. There has to have been. Where else, how, how else could we be here if there wasn't civilization before us? No. It's definitely real. It has to be real. Hold on, here's that. If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. Just looking at the credits list or the supporters list at psychologist.com. And the most recent one is Jerris. Jerris has uh, made a financial contribution to psychologist.com. Good on you, Jerris. Good work. Before him, the most recent ones were B Closed, DB User, Philip G, Anonymous, Nicholas R, Petiri S, and Dave J. And then before that, Jeanette, another Matthew R, Rachel Spiro, Curious, and then myself, actually. So. Not many new ones for a while, which is uh, a bit of a shame. But good on everybody who has supported Fakeologist at any point over the last five or six years. Where would we be without Fakeology? Where would we be? And where would the realologists be? Where else would they go? I, I have a sneaking suspicion the realologists who hang around Fakeologist, they do so because they've got nowhere else to go. So this is just a place where they can just come and chat, which is understandable. We all want to be able to talk to people. The issue is when you have a, a website that has a, a basic idea or a basic philosophy or a, a basic subculture of its own, when lonely people come to such a place just for someone to talk to, it can throw the balance out. And I think fakeology, the philosophy, the notion, the concept, the field of inquiry, the discipline even, I think it has uh, stumbled a little bit in 2019. And I do think the influx of realologists has played a role in that. Which is a shame. So what I'm thinking is, in 2020, it is time to make fakeology great again. That's right. In 2020, it is time to make fakeology great again. And so for all of the people out there who think that sometimes natural disasters are faked, for whatever reason, those people should be excited because 2020, we're going to see more of this on fakeologist.com. I think we're going to see more people saying, you know what, enough of this realology nonsense. Why are we listening to realologists at fakeologists.com? This is ridiculous, man. No more. It's silly. If you think it's possible to tell you lies about natural disasters, that's okay. This is the website to discuss that. 
This is the website for that discussion. Anyone can come along and chat. And if you don't believe the natural disasters are fake, that's okay. Just say so. No need to try and stifle the people who do think these disasters are faked or fabricated or embellished. It's time to make fakeology great again. That's right. Once upon a time, this was a buzzing place. This was a happening place. People from all over the world would come along and chat about all kinds of things. But it's gone a little bit quiet. It's gone a little bit quiet. And maybe that's because there's too much realology at this website. So I've got my ideas. I've got my plans about 2020 and beyond. But how about you out there in fakeology land? What are your plans? What are you thinking? What are your ideas? Would you like to see fakeology become great again? Is this something that you would like to see? Or would you like more realology? Would you like more discussions of how the TV wouldn't lie about a natural disaster? What would you prefer? Perhaps, perhaps fakeologist.com is no longer the home of fakeology. Sometimes the baton moves from one place to another. This does happen. It happened with Sync. The Syncbook.com used to be the home of Sync discussion, but then they fizzled out. They burnt out a little bit, and uh, and now the best discussion for Sync is no longer the Syncbook.com. The same thing could happen with fakeologist.com, but I hope not. I hope that this remains the home of fakeology discussion in 2020 and beyond. And I'm going to be doing my bit to try and see what happens. I'm going to try my best to help fakeology become great again. This is absolutely the most exciting time you could have possibly hoped to have been alive. And things are only just getting started. So that's enough from me on the 25th of December, 2019. John the Bond coming to you from Hanoi in the north of Vietnam. What a great country. What a beautiful place. What lovely people. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right. Merry Christmas to all of the people out there who believe in that kind of thing. And uh, happy festive season to people who enjoy festivities and happiness. And uh, maybe I'll see you again before the end of the year here at fakeologist.com. But if not, what a decade it's been. What a, what a decade. I've only been here for the last half of it, but I've enjoyed it. Very appreciative of everything that does here at fakeologist.com. And very appreciative of all the fakeologists out there who contribute with comments, with voice, financial contrib- contributions to add. All of it. All good. All good. And as for the realologists out there, well, might be time to start a new website for you guys. It's called realologist.com. Realologist.com, where media fakery is condemned, stifled, chained. How dare you? Realologist.com. Realologist.com. Did you see that news event on the TV? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I think it was real. Yeah, me too. Let's go and talk about it at realologist.com. Realologist.com. Why would they lie? Why would they lie about that? You can't say the TV's lying, mate. The TV wouldn't lie about something like this. Hmm. That's enough for me, John LeBon from JohnLeBon.com. And until next time, you guys, remember, no more monkey business. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. You don't have free will. You have the appearance of free will. If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener, and for $9.11 a month, a benefactor, who will get a shout-out every time Ab does a show. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. 
If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener and for 9-11 a month, a benefactor who will get a shout out every time Ab does a show. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. Dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener, and for $9.11 a month, a benefactor, who will get a shout out every time Ab does a show. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. You don't have free will. You have the appearance of free will. If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. 
If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener, and for $9.11 a month, a benefactor, who will get a shout-out every time App does a show. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. What more do you want tacked on to this? 9-11 was an inside job? Was it? Who cares? Global acts of terrorism happen every day. If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener, and for $9.11 a month, a benefactor, who will get a shout-out every time App does a show. Thank you for your support. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. Open your eyes. I want to live a real life. I don't want to dream any longer. If you like this audio and want to support the site in a small or big way, please hit the PayPal donate button on the side of the Fakeologist.com webpage. You can show your support for as little as $1.19 a month by subscription or one-time donation. Thank you for your support. And a Merry Christmas to John LeBon. Look, it's great to be back. I actually did record something earlier today, my time. So I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see that. No. But I left a Merry Christmas message for all of the fakeologists out there. And I even gave a little hint about what I've got planned for 2020. Ad, would you like to hear this? Yeah, of course. I'm a great follower of John LeBon. I think it's time to make fakeology great again. I think it's time. I think we're overdue. I think there's too many realologists on this website getting away with too much nonsense, Ab. Too much. Yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. Fakeologist is a function of my schedule, and because I've had record busy years the last couple of years, it's obviously fallen into a little bit of neglect compared to, say, your site or IPS. So it's, it's, it's... it's an easy decision for me because obviously I don't make any money to speak of on Fakeologist, although I'm grateful for all 
the donors, and a lot of them are because of your website, so I'm very grateful for that. But that's just pocket change compared to my regular business, so as you've noted many times. So are you so busy these days because business is going well? Because that's good news. If you say, very oh, look, I can't very. Put, if you say I can't put time as much time to fakologists because I'm so busy with work, that sounds like good news to me. Like business is going well in oh, the yeah. real world. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a non it's a no it's a no brainer for me. There's just no way I could step away from my business at this point in time. Because fakeologist is more of a fun hobby. And I don't really want, as you know, I'm torn between monetization and making it free, but uh, I understand why you do it. We've had this debate a million times. I don't have an issue at all with you making a living off it, although some of it, yeah, I don't want to get back into the debate. But for me, I don't, I, I support a lot of people. I could not, uh, I could not support all the people I do based on uh, a website. I can guarantee that. Even if yeah, I can probably understand. What I'm saying, though, is it sounds like yeah. good news to me. If you're saying I'm very busy with work, I'm like, well, oh, that's yeah. good. It means that uh, Abby is doing well in, in his own business in the real world, which is good news. Absolutely, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And what you do, and you do it very successfully, and one of the very few who's done it. So it's a great accomplishment, and um, I'm, I'm very pr- I'm very grateful that I'm an honorary member of your site. I, I, I suppose I could pay. But uh, you're. I don't want your money. Nope. I've got. You're very four or five gracious. honorary members on the website. You're one of them. Marcus Allen that. is another one. I said to him, look, as long as you pop into chat once or twice a year, Marcus, you've done your work, you've done your time. We'd love to have you on the website, and we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Dave <laughs> J is another honorary member. I'm hoping to chat with him early in the new year and have a proper interview with him. That'll be sweet. So the way I see it is, if people have done the work for years and years and they've got wisdom to share, I'd love to have them on our website as uh, honorary members. I think it's a good system. Yeah, I, we all donate or contribute in different ways. I, I don't really want the people that uh, contribute to my site to pay either because they do so in text and in audio chat, so that's that's a contribution. My donation schedule is more just to allow those people that wanted to do something that could not do anything else to flip coffee money my way. That that was the main reason. And I've got quite a few people on the PayPal and you and one other guy on the Patreon. I only opened up Patreon because even myself, I kind of like the convenience of Patreon where I like to give a dollar a month, which I suppose is the minimum amount to many different people. And it is a centralized, somewhat easier way to do it. I still could do it through PayPal, I suppose, but... Uh, I kind of like the Patreon model, but I hate, of course, that they take whatever that big cut is. I believe it's 20 or 30%. I think it's around, if you include PayPal, I think it's between 10 and 15% total PayPal. Because okay. if PayPal takes money in and out with uh, Patreon, so I think if you okay. factor everything in, it's, it's 10 to 15%, which is excessive because you can run your own website and then you're only dealing with PayPal, and it's about 4%. So my, my website, about... Depends. They charge me more for people who were overseas, and most of my listeners now are non-Australian. I used to have a mostly Australian audience, but now it's, there's almost no Australians. There's almost all American and British people now for some reason. So there's about 5% for internationals. But that's still significantly less than, than Patreon. However, Patreon has the benefit of, uh, of being centralised and having all these facilities to message people. So if you're an IPS, Patreon, for instance, you get all these messages from Patreon saying, oh, he's going live now. Yeah, so it... 
rather than you having to worry about your own mailing list or your own everything else, it does make it easier. Not necessarily a good thing. Convenience can can lull you into a false sense of security, I guess. But uh-huh. for someone starting out, I think Patreon's... It's not the best, but it's not the worst, you know what I mean? I, I uh-huh. can see the good side of it. Okay. And I'm glad that you've got another Patreon now. I was the only Patreon of just for a while there, so you've got another Patreon. This is great news. I know, I know. and I think the guy was from your website as well. I'm grateful that you're a great promoter of fakeologists, so you probably do me more good than uh, I do you good. But, uh, yeah, the guy was, I can't remember. Well, he put his whole his whole bio in an email, and he said it was okay to publish. I don't usually like to publish people's full names if they, uh, even if they accidentally put it in. I always ask first, and he wanted, he had no problem, which is great. Nothing wrong with using your real name, I suppose. Is this this isn't good. the one that you posted a couple of days ago, where they used Dead a different Kelly. name. Dead Kelly. Uh, yep, yep. I saw D-E-D that. D.E.D. Kelly, yeah. He, I asked him exclusively, do because you, uh, you put your real, well, it could be a real name, maybe it isn't. I just said, I, there's a real, a full name, and you want me to publish, he had no issues, so. I always ask twice just to make sure people know what they're doing. He's an Aussie, Ted Kelly. Yeah, from Brisbane. So. In fact, not only is he an Aussie from Brisbane, but he was involved in the Sync Books back in 2012-13, which the Sync Books had a huge effect on me when I read them in 2017. I think I read them. They uh, they basically changed the the course of my research, and in a way, kind of the, the the course of my life. And he was part of that. So it's interesting that seven years later he says he's now more of a fakeologist. Because the think book people, some of them get the fakery, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't understand. Like, they, they can see these crazy coincidences in the events, but they don't realise that no one's dying or getting hurt. Do you see what I mean? So it's kind of cool that someone who was involved in the sync scene, you know, five, six, seven years later, is like, yeah, now I'm pretty much a fakeologist. Like, now I see you know, nobody died, nobody got hurt. It's a completely different perspective to, to just believing that these events are false flags or whatever. You know, like false flags are a hoax, as far as I'm concerned. I think IPS is right about that. False flags are a hoax. Anyone saying, oh, this is a false flag, is either a dupe, a parrot, or a clown, basically. False yeah. flag implies that someone's dying or getting hurt. That's a joke. Nobody dies, nobody gets hurt, period. Yeah, I'm not totally familiar with the uh, sick stuff. I know you talk about it, it's something I haven't uh, really checked out too much. I, I don't have a comment too much on that. But, yeah, wherever he came from, if he says he's a fakeologist, that's great, too. Uh, there's so many different ways to identify yourself in this in this community. Um, I'm fine with it. So, yeah, that was another Australian. Do you have any Canadians on your site? Because it, it appears Canadians are either really disinterested or too busy hunting or they're just really cheap. Yeah, it's funny you should ask that because just tonight, just half an hour ago, I was looking at my uh, Libsyn stats because I, I host my member content on Libsyn and I host my free content on Podbean. So I have two different... MP3 hosts, right? And so with both of them, I can check the stats. I can look at where the where are people, like where are people when they stream or download? Do you know what I mean? And I was looking at the stats for Libsyn just tonight, and I can even tell you. I'll log back in right now. Watch this, right? Let me go to Libsyn. I can tell you exactly like the raw numbers for the last month, so you can sort of in your mind imagine like what's the relative. Uh, like the, the absolute numbers don't really matter. What matters is the relative. Uh, you know, how many people do you get from Australia versus Canada versus America, right? That's what really matters in this, in this conversation. So let me tell you. Let me go down to my little world map here. So for the last month, the number of plays or streams from the US is about 800, right? 800. Okay. And the US is the biggest uh, audience for what I do. For, for whatever yeah. reason, I don't know the answer. 
So you've got 800 for the US. What would you guess is second on the list? What would you guess? Which country? The UK. It's the UK. It is the UK. I kind of gave that away, yeah. So you get about 200 from the UK. Well, I'm so the same. I'm the same. Yeah. But then, like I was thinking maybe you'd guess Australia, and Australia's about 200 as well. So when I originally started doing all this five years ago, most of what I was doing was targeted towards the Australian audience. Do you know what I mean? And most of my audience was Australian. But yep. over the last four or five years... Like, I don't really follow on... Po- I don't believe in politics anymore. I used to believe in politics. I used to actually follow it and, and whatever. Now I'm like, well, it's all, it's all fake, right? So I never talk about Australian politics anymore. I never talk about Australian news anymore. So, like, I can understand how this has happened, but basically, yeah, my my Australian audience now is probably less than a quarter of my total audience, you know, which is crazy when you think about it, like, from where it was to where it is now. Well, so did, you, did you answer the question, though, how many Canadians you got? Oh, yeah, so let's get to the fun part. So remember, you, so so this is just one metric for measuring the relative audience size, right? This is just one metric. US 800, UK 200, Australia 200. Do you want to guess Canada? 50. Yeah, that's that's right. Correct. Yeah, 53. Yeah. So round it down to 50. That's a very and we're good the guess. same country. We're the, basically the same sized country as Australia, but Canadians are just not into it at all. It seems very disinterested. Is there a reason for that? Do you think? What's going on there? I don't. Maybe we're just trying to stay warm all the time. What do you yeah. think podcasting like? Do you think they have more time to like sit inside and and watch live streams and stuff? You know what I mean? Like more time to surf the net. Maybe more time for hockey. Yeah, fair enough. But still, yeah, more doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, we don't have good psyops here, as I've said a hundred times. And uh, I guess they don't put any money into it because no one's paying attention anyhow. Or maybe we're just too busy. Uh, Making money, I think uh, many places I've read, like mainstream people, are always comment on North Americans. All they do is uh, they're busy trying to make money. On, what is the, the best side of the treadmill? In the past one, a couple of years ago, there was that bus what? crash. Remember that one? That's really um, the only memorable Canadian side from the yeah, last three or four years. Yeah, the hockey, uh, the Humboldt hockey crash was pretty big because we're all into everyone's into hockey. That's an easy one too. That's uh, the one I'm yeah. talking about, right? There was a bus crash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was at a it was at a junction in the middle of nowhere in the prairies and one of the things about the prairies is they're extraordinarily flat. You can see there's one stretch there's one city in Saskatchewan, which is where this thing happened, which is a province in Canada. It's our prairie province. And it its extraordinary feature, at least in the south part, is it's extremely flat. But once you are I've heard up to 300 kilometers away from the capital of Saskatchewan, you can start to see their capital city. And their capital city doesn't have any really tall buildings. Maybe a tall building might be 20 stories. But about 300 kilometers away as you're driving from the west to the east towards it, you can see it. And it's because the land is incredibly flat. Now, this is not an advertisement for the flat earth, but it really is a true thing. It's it really is true. I don't know if it's slightly elevated and heading down from the west to the east, but I traveled that road in the last few years, and that was one thing I was watching for, and it did occur that you could see the city of Regina, named after the queen, of course, from hundreds of kilometers away. Now, I'm saying this because even though Humboldt, Saskatchewan, is north of there, I'm pretty sure it's still really flat, and you can see other vehicles for miles. So the idea that two vehicles intersected 
well, they said one blew through a stop sign that was obscured by a row of trees is ridiculous. But it doesn't matter what the logic is. So that's my long-winded of saying, winded way of saying it's difficult to believe. Did they pass any legislation? Like, was there anything that followed from all of that? Because a lot of people were like, think, "Well, what's the purpose yeah, of this?" I think we the the heavy truck business, um, the licensing of drivers was unregulated or very loosely regulated, and because I'm in the heavy truck business, um, I do support the regulation of the schools that teach the truck drivers. I don't think Alberta or Saskatchewan, the two neighboring provinces, had any real oversight to that, where basically you just took a road test and you're in as a truck driver. A lot of us think, I sort of think, that truck driving is a bit of a skill and you should have just a little more than a car driving license and an extra test to get a truck license. It's it's a tough call because obviously some people are naturally decent drivers anyway, but uh Government's answer is always regulation, and that's what I think they've instituted in those two provinces. That, that was the main thing that came out of it. Is that what you think I, was the purpose of it? Well, I think all PSYOPs are multi-purpose. <clears throat> One is just to rally people to get them together and and to get them all feeling down, I think. You know, the spiritual murdering is probably important. <laughs> it's an important element in PSYOPs. But yes, regulation are always... They always seem to follow. There's always some new law that's passed that restricts people's freedom or restricts access or maybe helps protect a business, that kind of thing. So they're multi-pronged. I've always said that. They're multi-pronged psyops. See, people say to me, oh, like, if, if what you're saying is true, JLB, what's the purpose of this particular hoax? And what I've been trying to explain to people lately is it doesn't have to be uh, an end. Do you know what I mean? Like... They tell stories to the authorities, to the author, it is. They tell mm-hmm. stories. Sometimes yeah. they just tell stories for the hell of it, right? Well, maybe. maybe. Not, not every maybe story exactly. has to have a moral, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there doesn't be a moral to every story. They well, there's a lot the of money and production involved, so I think they, they want to get something out of their investment at time. But if you're creating culture, you're creating, trying to, if you're trying to shape society, and, and, and by shaping, I mean controlling, I think that you need a good story because just telling people, listen, I think we should all pay for the roads here. And I, this is a sidebar. I think we should start paying for the roads here because they're not getting fixed. Nobody wants to pay more, more taxes. So why don't we start tolling roads? Uh, how can you convince people to start paying for something they're getting for free now? Really difficult. Everyone will oppose you forever. It will never happen. What could you do? Well, the the best tool to to shape culture and to get people on your side is to create an event, a huge story, something that we can't oppose. It's literally like inventing apple pie, an apple pie type story, and everyone loves mom's apple pie. So how do we create something, mom's apple pie, for a particular situation to get them to go along with it? Like think in your own world your own immediate circle. It's hard to get people to go along with your crazy ideas or your plans. I, for instance, let's all go to Paris next year. How do you convince people, besides just paying for everything, to get them to go? It, it takes effort to create any anything in, in, in life. So if you're trying to get 
thousands of people you don't even know, taxpayers, for instance, people that live in your country, to do something about something, you really need a great story. Because just bashing them on the head with a hammer, saying, we're going to do this now, sounds like your mother making you eat your vegetables. Yeah, so I totally get what you're saying. I totally yeah. get what you're saying. But the, the point I'm making is there doesn't have to be an end goal with some of these stories. They can just be stories. You know, mm-hmm. like this story of the kids in the bus. If that leads to different legislation, great. But they could just as easily tell the story of the kids dying on the bus. And it's a captivating story. People are well, tuning in, people paying attention, you know what I mean? That's what stories for do. No. To... You need a big one for people to tune in because now we have infinite ways to distract ourselves. We really do. And I think that whole hockey program in that neck of the woods, they need an injection maybe of money as well. They made millions of dollars. I don't know if they got a new arena out of it because that's usually the most expensive thing, building an arena and maintaining an arena. Uh, I don't. I haven't followed every fundraising thing around that so yeah i suppose you could just create a story and see if people believe it but i think that's a waste of a story i think you really uh, need to to use it to your advantage while you have people's attention that's know. fair enough all right then can uh, i ask you a couple yeah. of questions while well, i've got you this is a great privilege to get to speak to you all uh, right distracting me can i ask you some questions about psychology go ahead you're a great supporter i i have some time i have a million christmas things to do because it is a family affair but, uh, yeah, sure, I've, I said I'd be here, so I'm here. Is my audio good? I'm using, it is, uh, but we had a headset. couple of weird, um, yeah. uh, like, scrapey sounds. But they seem to I was going to say that because part. I have a thousand processes running on this machine, and while you were talking, I had to see which was killing my machine. If you type, con- there's a tech tip. If you type Control-Alt-Delete on a Windows machine, you can see the processes going on. And I have... Um, just a simple audio ripper from YouTube that's obviously not written very well, and it was killing my entire machine. But like I said, I have 500 windows open at once, so which is not a great way because the audio uses CPU processes, and if they're interrupted, you get popping. So that's what you were hearing. So I'm just closing everything as you're talking. <laughs> Probably a good idea, but now you're coming through clear yeah. enough as it is right now. now. I'd love to get your opinion on this Mandela effect thing. What's your opinion yeah. on Mandela effect? Well, I wanted to stay away from it uh, because, number one, as my wife will tell you, I have a really bad memory. <laughs> so it seems like this was just making people recall things in the past, and I can't remember very much of anything. And all the examples that I mostly heard from Brian Stavely because he is a 9-11, a good 9-11 researcher, in my opinion, and he has switched over to Mandela. So I was only getting Mandela information via his millions of YouTube notifications that come into my... And because the guy has 800 YouTube channels and I have notifications on all of them, I get a million Mandela emails from his YouTube channel. And I don't know which ones are duplicates, and I've even told him to stop having so many YouTube channels because I can't, I can't keep up. Isn't it amazing that a man who's been censored by YouTube yeah. has so many YouTube channels? Seems a bit... Yeah, strange, you gotta... Yeah, and he should take your advice. Go pay for a channel somewhere where they're not going to shut you down because your users get really aggravated when you have 800 channels and you keep being told to subscribe to the new one. If you're really trying to keep track of somebody among hundreds of other people, and I have hundreds of people I think I keep track of. I can't just babysit one set of notifications. So stop that, Brian. It drives me nuts. 
So he's the only one that I know of that talks about Mandela that I may be interested in. And I can't remember most of his examples because I didn't read the Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears. I never watched, I haven't watched one Star Wars movie. And those seem to be some of the big examples. And he's also saying that one of the names of his little local municipalities has changed their names. It's not interesting to me. So I rely on other people like you and IPS to look into it because I don't want to give it energy because it's not interesting to me. Just because he's part of the act realm, as you call it, and he's very good at 9-11, it doesn't mean I have to pay attention to his other interests. Well, that's what gets well, me that, about him is his 9-11 mm-hmm. stuff is so good. Even, yeah. even to this day, if you, ju- if you listen to him monologue about 9-11 for five minutes, even to this day, he's still good. Very so what good. the hell happened to this? Yeah, very good. Exceptional. I guess he got bored. Maybe he wanted to try something new. It's the hottest you think topic. That's People get bored well, of stuff. Do you think it might be it? Like they get bored of well, one topic. Well, you so know, even Marcus accused to... me. He said, how long can you keep talking about 9-11? I said, yeah, you're right. It's pretty much solved. Case is closed in my mind. So what the hell else are we going to talk about? We can only really talk about new people that are talking about it and maybe try and disprove them. But, but 9-11 is dead. But I only use it as a pinnacle example for all the baby hoaxes that come along. That's the only reason I kind of emphasize it. And now it's really not really relevant to this generation because we've gone a whole generation now and nobody of the new generation even knows what it is. It's it's a Kennedy psyop to my generation because Kennedy, I didn't, I, that wasn't part of my generation, but I looked into it anyway. And same with the moon hoax. Not really my generation, only relevant to the space shuttle, which is more my generation. Now they don't even have a vehicle that goes up that I know of, and we just have the fake station that we barely hear about, really. So 9-11 is kind of dead, so maybe he wanted to try move into something new. Now, I guess Mandela is newer. Um, I followed South Africa as a white uh, Canadian because I, I didn't really like what even our own prime minister was saying about South Africa, a totally different country, so I knew about the whole history and all the what was going on with South Africa in the 90s and how we were trying to basically bring them to their knees until they completely turn the country upside down and let the majority rule, which I understand the social justice aspect, but I didn't really think destroying a country was the best way to do it, which I think is what they've done. So that's the only reason I knew of Mr. Nelson Mandela, and therefore I knew I knew the story, but... I knew the, the, the story of Nelson Mandela. It was interesting and only in the fact that he allegedly was exiled for a long time and then he became president and then he died. And none of that timeline is in my brain permanently. I don't know what the dates are. I know he only died once because pretty much all of us can only die once that I know of. So that was at the end. So the Mandela effect, the story, I, I don't really, I'm not interested in it. I'm only interested in other people's research, and I think the only one that made sense about it is IPS, talking about it from a psychological warfare kind of view. And that's that's the way, that's the only way I could be interested in the topic, because I love the idea of psychological warfare operations. I like all those ideas, because I think the human brain is, I, I just like people that, know how to manipulate it just like a contortionist can contort their body anyone that knows how to manipulate people and there's actually methodology to it that's interesting to me so if the mandela effect is really a psychological 
weapon that's been unleashed into the ACT community, that's where I could be interested in it. But all the little dumb examples of this was that and that was this, I don't care. I don't want to spend five seconds on it. So IPS is the only guy that really was creating some kind of explanation. And I like listening to his his ideas about that. So that's the only way I'm interested in the topic. And I would not sit through one Mandela talk of uh, Brian or anyone else for that matter. I'm just not, well, I will not do it. Yeah, well, let me tell you this. I did sit through one Brian Stavely chat and I took notes and I released an article, JLB Notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stavely calls out IPS because December is Mandela month at JohnLeBond.com. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I've been I've been putting off seriously researching this for a long time. Okay, I will set aside some time to investigate what these people are saying. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And so I thought, well, why not start with one of these uh, most popular or most um, viewed or listened to calls by one of the leading Mandela people, Brian Stavely, calling out IPS. So you've got Stavely is like the the preeminent Mandela effects live streamer. IPS is apparently the biggest Mandela effects debunker or critic yeah. or, or troll or, you know, one man's troll is another man's truth teller. You know what I'm trying to say, but this is a guy who's like anti So there's one episode where Stavely calls out IPS. It's a two-hour show. Okay, I will listen to this. I'll listen to your best examples. I'll take notes and I will learn. I will learn. I'll get up to speed with this, right? And goodness gracious me, Abbott's... Uh, Whew, boy, oh boy, the first 10 minutes are just Stavely saying how much he's being censored. And I'm like, mm. Stavely, you've got, you've got like 15 YouTube channels, bro. What do you mean you're being censored? Like, I'm, I'm listening to you right now via YouTube. What yep. the hell do you mean you're being censored? What is this? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? And then it, it got rather comical because one of his callers in, he had like five or six callers in. One of his callers in is like, you know, uh, Brian, you're doing great work with Mandela. It's a shame you're under attack. Here's the thing. We're being attacked, we're being censored in the Sasquatch community. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is serious, by the way. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm listening, I've got my pen, I've got my paper, I'm taking notes, man. This is how I listen. Yeah, you didn't even know who Sasquatch was from what I remember you saying. Well, well, I've never looked into this Sasquatch thing. I thought it was a joke. It turns out it's actually a, an online community of people who believe in Bigfoot, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Like, what, like you know, who am I to judge anybody? But what was well, you're okay to judge. You should judge. They're nuts. Well, <laughs> some people think I'm nuts. So, like, you know, because okay. yeah, I'm saying that the war never happened. You know what I mean? That's crazy, right? So, yeah. anyway, so I'm like, hold on, I'm going to listen to this guy. And he's like, yeah, man, in the Sasquatch community, man, we're being censored. All the leaders are being censored. We're being shut down. And I'm like, hold on. You could replace Sasquatch with Mandela Effect, Flat Earth, Hoax Busting. Pretty much anybody in the act realm, in the conspiracy subculture, Pretty much most of the, the prominent voices all make the same claim. We're being censored. We're being attacked. We're being shut down. But they're making these claims on a free network and a free um, streaming and, and archiving system called YouTube. Like, can you see the, the mass hypocrisy and irony of this? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So Stavely spends the first 10 minutes saying how he's being censored, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes on about... This IPS guy, you know, being a nasty pasty, and uh, and that was my introduction to all of this. Because, like I said, man, I was avoiding Mandela for a long time because it seems ridiculous. Yeah, like it just seems it. it. Just seems it. Just like this whole oh, it used to be sex in the city. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I remember when I was young, and that was a popular show, and people would say sex in the city. I'd be like, no, it's sex and the city. 
Like yeah. even back then, people. And I watched a couple of years of that show, and I'm more interested in the possibility that this uh, lead thing, the lead character of that show is a man or a tranny. That's more interesting to me than what the hell the name of the show was. That's, That's good. I'm glad you you, are, you mentioned that. That's a good segue <laughs> into my next question for you. Are you still following this transvestigation stuff? Because you you were one of the biggest transvestigation promoters a couple of years ago. I was because I thought it was pretty fascinating. Just if it was possible. And I think we all can agree that the mainstream media is promoting this androgyny, this I'm not a man, I'm not a woman, I get to choose my gender, which is a lot of, to me, a lot of word salad and around. I think it's pretty obvious what most people are born. I mean, I guess there are some people that have two, two sets of primary sexual organs. Very, very rare. But of course there are some some anomalies to uh, birth defects, which of course... You should give the listeners some context, sir, because I want to release this as a Jolie Chats episode. And, and most people will okay. be with you, add the fakeologists, yeah. but Thank what you. some of them won't know is that you went on a normie show called Humble and Fred. Yeah, and yeah. Of all the that, topics yeah. that you could have... Of all the topics you could have spoken about, for whatever reason, you spent most of the time talking about the transvestigation. But that's why so they brought me on, because it was a sensational topic. It's bizarre. It's wild. And... And that's probably that's what attracted them. I don't know what they, I can't remember why they. Um, I guess I just tweaked them or pinged them. I guess the right word is pinged or mentioned them on Twitter. So that that's what got me in the door, I believe. And that's that's my point. You need something super sensational to wake people up. So yes, I was on the humble. I still listen to those guys because it's a Toronto-centric podcast, but. Because my podcast menu is getting full again, because everyone in their world is a podcaster now, as you know, uh, they might get crowded out because there's only so many hours of days to listen. But I did appear on the show because they couldn't, they didn't have a guest that day, so they just said come in tomorrow, and I, I was, I had some free time so before work, so I, ju- I jumped in there. Mm-hmm. And you've been a big fan of uh, Humble and Fred for a long time. You've been a supporter of theirs, and, and so they said come yeah. in, and you were like, yeah, I'll come in. This be great. That's right. I am a supporter because I'm not just a fakeologist. I'm a I like I'm not a well-rounded human being, but I like other non-fakeologist things, and that's where my other sub-blog, moreab m o r e a b dot fakeologist dot com comes in. That's where I post my non-fakeology, even though there's always a tinge of fakeology in everything I think about. So I, I put more mainstream stuff on that blog that uh, maybe fakeologists might find interesting. But yeah, I went on their show. It uh, they they steered the conversation the way they wanted to because it's their show and it's his right. He's a very powerful broadcaster. He's been doing it his whole life, so he knows how to keep the conversation interesting, cutting off the guests when they go away from what he wants to talk about. And sensationalistic is what EGI, which is what Unreal, a member of Fakeologist, brought up. Uh, EGI Elite. Oop, one moment. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Hmm. Seems to be a minute off, or maybe my stream is a minute late, or and, uh, maybe my clock is off on that computer, I don't know. But anyway, so they steered it towards that, because I think somebody brought up that Wayne Gretzky, are, are one of our greatest hockey players ever, might be a woman or somewhat manipulated. So they they just focused on that because that's everyone knows who Wayne Gretzky is. So it's an easy easy thing to try and attack, and I get it. So I think 
that was a lot of the conversation. Well, I'd be equal if I play just 30 seconds of this clip of you I love on it. Humble and Fred. This is from you March are the clip 2017. Master. Well, one of the cool things about your Discord, and my Discord doesn't have this function, is this bot that was made for you by, I forget his name, tell me. His name is Tryptamine, and he That's just the guy. left Great because guy. One, of, guy. One, of the, one of the people in the Discord on my server aggravated him. And I, I want to tell this to everyone. Stop being offended by people that don't agree with you. I, there's lots of people on my server I don't agree with, but they, they're somewhat entertaining and interesting. I won't say who pissed them off, announce assault. I won't mention his name. But was it because announce assault was uh, going on about um, religion person or person something? Yeah. Or maybe it was he's a, a religion. He's a really thing. smart guy, announce assault. I like him. Yeah. He's one of these people. He just gets yeah. stuck on one topic. I know, but yeah, he's, his whole life is around it. He's a nice guy, but I think he pissed off Tryptamine, who just left the server. And Tryptamine is a just a software developer who just wanted to contribute with some bots, and that's great. I th- I offered to pay the guy. He didn't want any money. I don't mind paying for services rendered. That's my I'm in the service business myself. No issues paying people. I pay for software that I really like, as long as it's not millions of dollars. And I was going to pay him because he did some bots that he combined many bots into one fake bot, which is great. And I don't even, for the most part, it doesn't need support. It's self-explanatory. But uh, anyway, he left, uh, but he still well, he he did left a great his job. I hate to interrupt you there. He did yeah, a great job. And we're about to use one of his bots. So I'll just play, I'll play one minute of this, no matter where All the right. 60 seconds ends. All right. And this is from March of 2017. So... About two years ago, and to give context, around that time, Ab, you were you had interviewed what was it, Mr. E three thousand or John yeah. Humanity, or one of these people? Yeah, Mr. E. Is he still active? Because I don't follow any of that. His channel was just shut down, and as a service to the transvestigation community, and whether I believe it or not, I find it very entertaining at the very least. And I are, I have a program called 4K Video Downloader, which will download any new video from any YouTube channel and put it on your own computer, which I highly recommend because we know the volatility of YouTube channels. And I created a shared folder on my computer using a program, Resilio Sync, which is a BitTorrent-based Windows, Android, iOS piece of software. I share an entire directory that has some of John Humanity's stuff. I didn't save all of his. But Mr. E, Mr. E3000, Trans, Transpocalypse Now, that was his last name on YouTube. So I've saved all his stuff because it's all, he's, he's, he speaks really clearly and really well. And he has some good videos and some fascinating ideas about what's happening, possibly, with the people that we all worship. Not me particularly, but the population follows. And for those who don't know, these, these Mr. E3000, John Humanity, these were some of the leading transvestigators circa 2017. So when you went on Humble and Fred, these dudes who you'd interviewed, you were basically interviewing the big names in transvestigation. Is it, is it well, just name? one. Just one. Just one. Mr. E, because I liked him the best. Mr. John Humanity was a very cantankerous person, and he he just picked issue with anyone that didn't agree 100% with him. Did you interview both uh, of them or just one of them? I recall no, you interviewing I it. No, I think I just did Mr. E and I enjoyed his stuff. And even, you know, I just really try and concentrate on their own specialty. 
It is fun to get their 9-11 opinion. I'm not sure he was totally on board with it, but it doesn't matter because he's... Well, like, your memory is probably better than mine, but I remember, yeah. you, I remember you talking to John Humanity because he was a guy who had, like, he was a guy who sounded a little bit like a girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I did talk to him. Okay, I don't know. I have to check my issues. I don't know if it was an official interview or he just popped up on an audio chat. It's hard to say. But no, could uh, be yeah, wrong. I, could I liked be wrong. his I liked his way of thinking too. Pretty interesting person and he actually interviewed some what he called real um I would say, I guess you'd call them transvestites, you know, men that mainly dress up as women and they're tortured souls for the most part, of course they would be. And he interviewed how unhappy for the most part it's hard to find a, a happy transvestite slash transgender, somebody who wants to do a chemical or surgical transition. And they're mostly pretty disturbed people. Oh, yeah. And that's what, I, that's why I would, yeah, I would put them under... I, they, they definitely belong in the uh, DSM, the Psychological uh, Diagnostic Book. They definitely need to be treated. There's no, no doubt in my mind. Does that mean we should disparage them and, and ostracize them and cast the sympathetic and try by the so-called medical industry, which is like, oh, you think you're a woman in a man's body? We can help you with that. Yeah, and uh, and how yeah, do I, help? I watched, Goodness I watched gracious. the, uh, I watched 60 Minutes Australia because I, I guess 60 Minutes America is not very interesting anymore. And uh, they came over to the LA to interview a young, a really cute-looking boy that was switching to a girl. I didn't know it was LA at the time, but apparently Australia 60 Minutes comes to America to do half their stories. And uh, this, I, I, I felt really bad for this young child who, and his parents, relative child. I can't remember the boy's name. I have no idea what you're talking about. But what we should do is we should go and play this clip. Of yeah, play it. Popped into Humble and Fred. Yeah. And you've been listening for a long time. Yeah. To the show. Yeah. Give us a, a 20 or 30 seconds, and I'll just set the scene before I play center. How did you end up on the show, and what are people about to? Well, the guy sent the hot uh, and I said, yeah, sure, I could probably was within a few miles, I suppose, of where I work. So I popped They had a fundraising drive, so I gave them a few bucks for their studio. It's kind of a joke uh, promotion, but I contributed. Anyway, I thought it would be fun to be part of this because Humble is actually a 9-11 dabbler. He dabbles in conspiracy. He won't go very far because I think he, he might harm his business model if he went too far. But So I, I was happy to go in and at, on that angle talk about 9-11 and, and the psyops around it. But at the time, I was doing a lot of my information and promotion. And that's what he hooked his, his uh, fishing for he. And uh, don't forget today, in, in the next 20 minutes, we're going to talk about uh, EGI investigating and uh, all these celebrities that are actually uh, men. Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello. Yeah, is Tim yeah. there, fakeologist? Oh, Tim. Oh, really? Tim's got his own fans. What's your name? This is James from Wisconsin. I'm practically Canadian. Well, you know, right, we are Wisconsin's favorite morning show. You you get that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've never heard of you before, but I'd like to say that I grew up listening to this show. And, um, you know, being just south of Lake Superior, I feel like I, I should be Canadian, although we're not necessarily under the Queen's rule. 
So um, I'm not sure how that really works out. But we're not really under the Queen's rule either. But what the hell? Um, how of because Tim, I'm a fakeologist. Explain that conspiracies. All right, this fellow, James, you fan. Was good. So you must have put it on your. Okay. So, came in. Our starting point. Shit that Tim's up to. What's up, Timmy? Hey, how are you? <laughs> there you go. There's Tim. Must do. It's been somebody that I've been in. Oh, you say you. Yeah. That kind of disgusting. Truly hate the sound of your own voice. I'm like, uh, and the people. They do not sound their own voices. Of course, our voices resonate mainly for us. It does not pass outside. The it's mostly by brains through our skulls. So I'm more of my own uh, direct. It's definitely uh, not man. That's that's probably the. Yeah, well, the men of it. I totally get. It's not <laughs> I like the content from my own. I I flex my speed to sound. Yeah. I do edit this with you. Do stuff. I've got to listen to sound. No way. But I like what I have to say most of the time. Sometimes I listen to what I've said and I'm like, man, that's that's one smart dude. I'm like, dude, that's me. It was me last week. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you have a good voice. You're not... not, the best radio voice, because the best no, one is deep baritone. Deep, deep baritone. It's the smoothness that's more important. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, don't, I don't have that guy. smoothness. Yeah. That yeah. midnight uh, in the caravan for midnight, or that guy is Clyde somebody. He has a deep voice. And Humble and Fred, they don't have good radio voices either. Actually, They're Humble compressing the a, hell out of their audio. I was listening to that just then. I'm like, this is this is some of the most compressed voice audio I've ever listened to in my life. And I can start... Still. I just started listening to Michael Moore's podcast, and I, you know, well, you may know, I've promoted Michael Moore. I think he does some of the best documentary style, because they're not really documentaries, mockumentaries. He does some of the best provoca- provocateur mainstream audios, or video, movies rather, out there. He just started a podcast. His voice is so damn deep. I, I'm, I'm going to ask what microphone, what setup he has, because his voice sounds... It is really. It sounds really good. I know he doesn't sound like that. Just remembering him from past movies. Hold on, is this he's Michael got, Moore from twenty years ago? You're talking about? Yeah, but he's still he's still active. He's he does a movie every few years. He has a podcast now, and actually a really great interview. I'm almost through with uh, Todd Phillips, aka or, or his real name is a Jewish name, Tom. Belzik or something, but his name, his Hollywood name is Todd Phillips, and he did Joker, which I didn't want to watch because I don't like Marvel movies much, or or DC comic movies. But I was I was coerced into it, and I am grateful that I did watch it because it is a an amazing study, character study on mental illness mainly. But um, Anyway, what do you make of the fact man, that Roll is a big fan? Do you ever consider like oh yeah, Roll is such a big fan of his film? Yeah. yeah, well, he sees himself, of course. I'm sure. Do you think that? Do you like, think that's what's going on? Because that was my suspicion as well. Of course, he the Joker is the complete underdog for, in his case, mental illness reasons. 
But it's a great movie. It's worth seeing. It's really nothing to do with comics. And if you get the origin story, if you believe the origin story, which I tend to, how the Joker got made, and you learn about it in Michael Moore's podcast, it's, and you'll love this, a brilliant marketing move, and it totally worked. The first R-rated billion-dollar movie. So even if you can't stand movies or comics, if you are like me, you just are amazed by the power of marketing and how you can get so many people to listen to you, watch what you create. That is why you should go see it. What I've I've always been fascinated with people like Elvis, people that have huge followings, and I you look into it and you say, why, why, where's the attraction? And it's it's just a study in humans and why they're attracted to certain people, things, or ideas. And there's not a there's it's not a great science behind it. Well, while we're talking about high-grossing films, let me read something to you from Wikipedia. As of August 2012, Fahrenheit 9-11 is the highest-grossing documentary of all time, taking in over U.S. $200 million worldwide, including United States box office revenue of almost $120 million. In February 2011, Moore sued producers Bob and Harvey Weinstein for U.S. $3 million in unpaid profits from the film claiming they used Hollywood accounting tricks to avoid paying the money. So there's two things from that. One, Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11 was at least at one time, possibly still to this day, the highest grossing documentary of all time. That's a big deal. Uh-huh. And then two, this dude had a run-in with the, the Weinsteins, the Me Too Weinsteins. Oh, yeah, he's all tied up with it. Yeah, he, listen, he's a mainstream guy. I have no illusions. He's not on our side. He's controlled opposition. He's making great money from the system. The system accepts him as their provocateur, as their as their villain. I get all that. I'm, I have no illusions that he's trying to expose truth. He has limited truth, but he does it in a really great provocative way. So he even in this last podcast, and um, it's funny how these provocateurs that they pretend to be on our side, they inject all the the real truth stuff in their podcast, even if it doesn't fit. For instance, he was asked saying something to Todd in this interview, and he injected flat earthers, climate change deniers, and heliocentrist themes into a sentence that didn't really belong. It could have been completely left out. But he just took a shot at all three of those people, or groups rather, in his podcast, which tells me he's obviously not true, or he's definitely controlled because he goes and takes pot shots for no reason at people like us that are at least looking into and questioning them and not mocking the idea. So he he shows his disdain in a very uh, uneven way in the podcast. So well, Fahrenheit 9-11, let's take a look at this. 2004, directed by Michael Moore, your friend Michael Moore. The film takes a critical look at the presidency of George Bush, the war in Iraq, coverage in the media. More contends that American corporate media were cheerleaders for the invasion of Iraq and did not provide an accurate or objective analysis of the rationale for the war and the resulting casualties. Okay, so, I mean, come on. 2004, 15 years ago, I mean, come on. Uh-huh. What, is, what, what Moore seems to be doing is basically promoting the official story, just a different version of it. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's what we 
are told is in opposition to the government, and he's taking care of all the opposition, and that's what people like. They like to line up behind somebody that's sort of on their side, and if it seems like somebody is doing something in a, in opposition to the power structure, then we're mostly most that that satisfies most people in the world that something is being done. Someone's looking into it. Someone is keeping the leaders, holding them to account, and that's that's called gatekeeping. It works perfectly. It really wipes out most of the real opposition. I had no idea until this conversation that Fahrenheit 9/11 was produced by Harvey Weinstein. Well, that I've only let's, just let, let's, now. let's define production. It just means they paid for it. And the executive producer, as I've learned from the No Agenda show, of any of any of any creation is the money. Executive producer is the money. Associate producers producers are less money. And associate producers are even less money. They're the people that pay for the production because most people need quite a bit of time to produce anything, as your testament amount to, just all the effort it takes to make your website. So you need to eat. Someone has to pay for everything. So that is typically, those are typically people with money, whether it's intelligence agencies or influential billionaires that just want business to be controlled in their way so they stay being billionaires. Well, yeah, the Weinstein brothers, whether they're a front for another group or they actually have all that money, yeah, they they supposedly backed controversial ideas. So that He was definitely backed by them in for a number of his productions, or maybe most did, of them. Did you know, know. that? Because I've, I've literally only just... Yeah, yeah because... If you want to encourage more audios like these, please go to Fakeologist.com and click the Patreon button under the Donate section. For $1.19 a month, you can call yourself a verified listener, and for $9.11 a month, a benefactor, who will get a shout-out every time Ab does a show. Thank you for your support. And I should be true to my word, Dead Kelly, the only benefactor on Patreon, However, let me just use this opportunity since I don't broadcast very much. I do have a, a donor, recent donors, and I'll go through them. Uh, Simon uh, L., I won't use his last name. I don't know if he has a, an avatar or a username on my system. He is definitely a PayPal benefactor, and he just made another donation. Thank you so much. An executive much. producer, Simon L. Yeah. is an executive producer of Fagologist.com. Probably should rename that from Benefactor. You're right. And Matt H. is a uh, contributor, a dollar nineteen a month. Matt H., uh, Mark T., Mark Tokarski, that's his name. He has his own website, peaceofmindful.com. David M. is a contributor this month. Adam W. and James S. And who else? Oh, Adam Wood or Adam W. I guess he doesn't mind. I don't. I don't think he's a user on our site, but he's also a benefactor. So actually, I have quite a few through the PayPal method, and uh, thank you very, very much. And I know John, you're very good at thanking all of your many levels of contributors. So it's it's great that these. Well, here's what I want to say. I would love to see one day you go to a Maple Leafs match against, say, uh, who, who's your big rivals? Who do, who do the Maple Leafs? I who, don't know. I was hate? just. I have a friend with season tickets. He just offered me a set for 400 bucks, 
And I said, listen, I've already gone to two games. No more. I'm not spending that kind of money to watch a bunch of uh, athletes on skates float around. Yeah, but you do hour. enjoy hockey. You do enjoy it. I think it'd be cool if you went on like a little trip like to another city. Yeah. And then during that trip, you made a video from like your hotel room. You're like, guys, uh, in a couple of hours, we're going to go see the game. Just want to say thanks to all the contributors, to fakeologists who've uh, made this possible. I, uh, I think it'd be a wonderful thing. And there's, no, there's I know. You've said that before. are fans of your work. You've done very good work. And, and no, people want to that. show appreciation. No, I thank you. And I, 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 whatever people give, I think is great. And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the contributors. And it's fantastic. But uh, they don't have to send me to a game. That's too much. That's too much money. But John, let's get back to the interview because oh, yeah, let's really play some more interview. This is I'm fun. really I'm bad at back to this for a while. And this is on let's questioning our reality. Who? What's your opinion I, of him? I'd love to know. I. Well, you know, he's always critical. He thinks I'm a mason. He thinks I'm a Jew. He thinks I'm everything you're not supposed to be. And the only thing I don't like about people being negative about my stuff is pretending they're me so don't use my avatar and pretend you're the fakeologist that is wrong nobody should pretend they're john the bond and start saying rude things about other people you you there's enough somebody did that once tim tim osman not right. ips tim osman the other tim osman the one with the s he yeah. actually used to do that and uh, he got me in some trouble but by, that's uh, wrong don't that. do that that's stupid and if YouTube is too dumb to be able to stop impersonation, then just use your own your own avatar. You don't have to pretend you are a fakeologist or John the Bond. Just be yourself. So I don't. I'm not saying it was question our reality, but there's another fake fakeologist, which I just I got annoyed by that because people do get confused thinking. It kind I'm of is amusing that. though, isn't it? Like there's a fake yeah. fakeologist. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can it see is the, funny, but don't do anything nasty because people are really confused by that. Don't do that. But question okay, well, reality. Questioning, questioning reality. We don't know if he is the fake fakeologist. What we do know is that he has a blog and he has a YouTube channel. Where he criticizes you, me, pretty much everybody. Chris Kendall, he, he criticizes all of us. And he even and, criticized uh, Marcus, and I thought he was Marcus. And I did talk to Questioning Our Reality. He came on the server, the Fakeologist Discord server. He did talk to me. There was not Marcus's voice. I, did you stream it? I would love to listen to this. No, he wouldn't. He would not allow that. It was You can do private calls in Discord. He would only do it that way. I talked to him. He. Uh, it's not Marcus with a voice morpher. I threw him directly. You sound just like Marcus the way you talk, and you're obsessed with the Masons. And I can tell you, Masonry is not big in Canada. I did not hear about Masons really until Marcus and and Americans talked about because it it's very big there. It's not big here. It does exist here, but to me, it's no more popular than the Jehovah's Witnesses that come to the door. I know there's a Masonic call here and there. I would never have known they were here unless I went and looked for them on Google. But it's not big here. So I can tell you for a fact, I am not a mason. I'm not a joiner, actually. I don't join things. I don't join the gym. I don't join anything. I'm So I'm not a mason. So you can stop calling me Brother Tim. It's You're wasting your 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 bits and bites. Don't waste your time. Do you and think it's a know- good service, though, like in a way? Because we kind of, those of us in this little corner of the internet, in a way, the critics and the, the, the detractors, well, at least they're paying attention, you know, and they're Absolutely. ripping their own and Ed Rolo taught me this. The opposite of love is not hate. 
love and hate are the same intensity of emotion. One is sort of positive, one sort of negative. So anyone that hates me, and he doesn't hate me, he actually loves me. Because if I hated something, I would ignore it. I see how I'm ignoring Mandela, because I don't care about it. That's worse than having an opinion on it. So questioning our reality is actually a super fan. Anyone that would waste time on me must be a super fan. Because I don't I'm think not he's wasting time. If, if QOR ever hears this, I don't think he's wasting time. But he is I, listening. I'm assuming it's sure. a he. I, I yeah, think it's cool what he does. And like, he's uploaded a couple of clips of me yeah. with some of my controversial statements. And you know what I appreciate? He uses a photo of me that's actually pretty good. Because you know how if you <laughs> want to mock someone, you use yeah. a photo where they look stupid? Because we all have photos oh, yeah. that look bad. Oh, yes. I do videos, so you could easily screen cap an image yeah. of me looking stupid. He doesn't. He uses yeah. a photo of me when I was at the gym, and I was actually looking pretty good that day. So I kind of, I'm happy about that. And the clips that he's uploaded, yeah, on the surface they seem controversial, but I stand by what I said. I stand by my comments about Islam. I stand by my comments about Simon Chak. So he's, he's, this um, QOR character has basically uploaded clips that, I don't object to. They're a little bit out of context, which is always potentially problematic. But, like, I don't, I don't yeah. have a problem with what QR is All doing. right, I just even subscribe though, Even though they've accused me of bad things. They have, they have I just subscribe to Questioning Our Reality's channel. I'm the subscriber 283 now. Questioning Our Reality, okay. You know, I played the game where I kind of ignored them, but people sent dropped the links in the Discord anyway, so it's hard to ignore. But there you go. I'm going to get notifications now from his next video. This one you're playing now is from April 2019. I'm pretty sure Questioning Our Reality is his own person. He's not anyone we know as another name because I have talked to him. He sounds like a fine person, and you know as well as I do. Anytime you talk to somebody one-on-one, they turn out to be fine people. It's it's their personas that they put on YouTube and, and in the comment section that can be a little prickly, but... When it's one-on-one, and I'm sure it would be even another dimension if you actually meet these people. They would never behave or talk the way they do with uh, behind an avatar. 100%, bro. 100%. Yeah. I've met heaps of people in real life from my YouTube stuff, and I've never oh, wow. had the kind of issues that I've had uh, on the internet. The internet can bring out the worst in people. That's just a fact. And I It think, makes people uh, anonymous. They feel immune. And actually, that is the biggest danger with the Internet, is if people start, and this is how it will be controlled, if people start acting outrageous because they feel immunity to say anything, do anything, then you're, the great big brother will come clamping down on top of everything, which to me, I don't like. I, I'd rather deal with the negativity. And, and you can't shoot someone through the Internet. So there's no real way of violence, and even if I don't really believe you can incite violence through words, but I'm okay with all the negativity on the Internet. I can deal with it. We can block, we can ignore, we can censor on our own sites. I don't believe in censorship at all overall. But, of course, if it's my site and you're trashing me, I'll probably delete it. Who wants that for the most part? But on the other hand, I might leave it because... There's probably enough people on my side that will make you look like a fool. So maybe I'll leave it. I don't know. But I'm not my own controlled opposition. Therefore, I'm not questioning our reality. And I'm fine with him putting stuff on. 
I don't give them enough new content to attack, but uh, there's lots of archives out there. So let's, I'm going to play another can... clip here from you and Humble and Fred, just another minute or two. Before I do, though, I've, I've been thinking about being my own controlled opposition. Yeah, uh, why just, not? Just, just, just today, actually, I've been thinking about it, because someone <laughs> sent me this link to this clip of IPS, <laughs> and it's like yeah. meant to be like some kind of expose of IPS. Yeah, was that, that in the Discord? Was that, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone yeah, left yeah. a comment on my website for the post about my chat with uh, IPS, and then someone, I think Dave J actually Dave posted J. it on the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. Is it in and your so I watched this video. Discord? Yeah, so I watched this video, and it's IPS saying, oh, he was, a, that he was a Mason, or he is a Mason, one of the two, and that he learned all the secrets, but he thinks they're mostly misguided people, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, in, in the whole four minutes, I didn't hear anything objectionable or anything, um, that, that exposes IPS at all. Like, even if someone is a Mason, let's just say that he's, he's telling the truth. So what? Two, two or three yeah, years exactly. ago, maybe, so maybe that'd be a problem for me, but not, not now. I've met the Masons only reason life. Masons are under attack is, yeah, some of them are in positions of power. Most of them are not, okay? But it's a secret society. Very easy to attack a secret society because we don't get to know their secrets. Simple. So and everybody wants cloaking. a boogeyman. Everybody wants yeah. a boogeyman. And so if, if you don't want to cloaking. blame the Jews, who are you left with? Well, the Freemasons right. are the next best, aren't they? Yeah, Most people don't even know what Jesuits are. Like, so right. blaming the Jesuits is no fun. Blaming the Jews is too controversial. The Freemasons, mate, they're a sitting duck. Just blame and them. And the Jesuits that I used to know before, the, the scary Jesuits, were the ministers that went out, or the, the what's the right word, the... Um, when they when they went out to preach the gospel around the world, they were just spreading the word of Jesus to, for the most part, fairly uncivil countries, and they were just spreading the word. And any interloper into any community is going to be looked at suspiciously, and it's got to be a really dangerous job, you know, with oh, missionaries. So when the missionaries went to spread the word of the word of Christ to the natives here. They're lucky they didn't get skinned alive, and a lot of them did, because it's a very dangerous job trying to trying to civilize or bring the word of God to natives around here. And there's some pretty horror stories, whether they're real or not, about Jesuits spreading the word. So it's not it wouldn't be a job for the faint of heart. So of course they're going to be attacked all the time for being spies or double agents or being. Uh, Maybe scouts for the Pope in new lands looking for resources. It could be anything. And it's well, an let me segue this one, Nev. Let me, it let me is an nice intelligence network, segue. isn't it? You know who else gets uh, attacked for being different? Fakeologists for his transvestigation. So let's play this clip. This is a one-minute <laughs> clip. One or two minutes. It's actually a 50-minute clip. But it's, we're going to play one or two minutes from where we yeah. left off a few minutes ago. All right, go on. This is you and Humble and Fred. Who's the dude with the massively compressed voice? Is that Humble? Is he the one with the deep Humble is the leader. There's two of them. Humble's the main guy, and Fred is just the color commentary, which is a hockey term for just putting in a few extra ideas and facts. All right. So they've just called you into the area where you're actually going to chat in front of a microphone. What were you doing before that? Were you sitting like in I was sitting on area? the couch, which is away from the mics. They had James, Unreal, call in, not Unreal, um, uninstall media. I couldn't hear the call because I didn't have headphones, so kind of unfair, but maybe they didn't know he was calling in. I didn't know he was calling in. I did publish the show on my website, but only people that subscribed to Sirius Fake Satellite Radio would have been able to hear it live, which is a small group of people. Most people don't. I don't even. How much is it? Does it cost to be a serious? Well, 
if you ask, if you if you tell them you don't want to pay, it's close to free. Um, I didn't pay. Um, well, no, I paid for a few years for humble for uh, Howard Stern. That's the only reason I got the service for a few years. Uh, these dudes I, were on the same network as Howard Stern. Yes, yes, nice for way. a while, for a while, actually. But they're on. Yeah, the only person list, the only thing that props up serious simulated satellite radio is or was Howard Stern. There's no other reason, or maybe some sports programming, but there was no other reason to have the service. Did he ever cross-promote with Humble and Fred? Have they been on each other's No, 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 no. These guys aren't big enough. Not big enough for Howard Stern. Howard Stern had his own two channels on the service, and Humble and Fred are on the Canadian service, Canadian channel that was never promoted. It was only a condition of allowing the service to come to Canada. That's always our condition when you come to Canada. You must have Canadian stuff on it. And there's not enough Canadian stuff to fill anything anywhere. Canadians are like anyone else in the world. We prefer everything else except our own talent, if there is any, which there is. So there, that was the only reason there's a Canadian channel. But Sirius Simulated Satellite Radio was the absolute best way to circumvent the rules of the FCC. That's the only reason they created the simulated network. It's a brilliant way to use fakery to circumvent rules. And because they said it's not, you know, they're not using traditional airways. They're using satellite, this over and above countries technology that doesn't exist. But it, it's a fascinating study in fakery when it comes to the technology. But it's, it mainly was to get around rules. And that's how Howard Stern basically was allowed anywhere and everywhere, which he could not do because most local markets would keep him out for being a potty mouth. You know, when I listen to you and Bill talk about Howard Stern, I kind of feel like, you know, when people are discussing something that they know very well and you just have no yeah. idea what they're talking about, that's how I feel whenever you and Bell sit and others discuss Howard Stern because I don't think I've ever listened to a single show of his. I'm not against the guy. I, I don't know the guy. I've never listened to the guy. I've just, the, the things I've seen YouTube greatest, I've seen. greatest radio broadcaster who's made the biggest dent in the last 30 years. Oh, I, I get, I get take... the story of the guy. I get. It. I'm just saying. I was never enamored with his uh, with his show. But Bill well, a big radio guy. You're a big radio guy. You're yeah. big Howard Stern people. You've been influenced by compared him. I totally get it. I'm not, it's not a criticism. Else, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm compared not like to everyone else, this guy he was way more interesting because he said things that nobody else could say or would risk saying. That is. You know, one of the most fascinating things I've listened to in 2019 was when you and Velocet and somebody else were discussing Howard Stern, and it's like, has he sold out? And just listening to to you and Velocet and others, yeah, he's changed. That's that's, that's we all change. We all change. Eventually, he gets led into the club. He always was in the club. He always pretended to be the outsider. He always had the villain. He's just like uh, previous to YouTube generation today he always said i'm under attack i'm going to be thrown off the air these guys are writing letters these this family association wants me off the air meanwhile it was probably him writing the letters no doubt he was his own controlled opposition no one ever came forward in public and said i'm writing letters to get rid of howard and that is how he kept the illusion going brilliant Brilliant. Whereas now he's throwing softball questions to celebrities when he used to be like sort of avant-garde. He's old, anti- he's in his 60s, mm. he's not controversial, he's where he wants to be, he's always been a big entertainment fan, movies, music, now he gets to suck hard 
on these guys when they're in his studio because he's right. He's at the top. He's okay. Everyone used to want to be on Larry King talk show on CNN. And I even used to watch that because I used to like watching all the celebutards on there and watching Larry make a fool of himself, not listening and not answering, <laughs> asking the right questions. So now Howard's on top. He's got all the big people coming to him and it's all about numbers. It's all about ratings. And even if you don't like Howard, you'll probably like his guest and what they have to say. So he's on the top. He doesn't need to be a provoker anymore. He's in he's in the big chair. And subsequently, he's not interesting. He's not provocative anymore. He doesn't ask the tough questions. He had Hillary Clinton on for an hour, I think. I, I, I was going to listen to it because he posted it on YouTube, but I haven't had a chance because I don't really like Hillary. But the criticism of that interview is he didn't ask one tough question. And that's why we used to listen to Howard Stern. He'd ask all the tough questions. But he totally softballed it. He's a total suck to her. And who cares about that? I don't want to listen to someone slobber over someone. I'd, I'd like the tough questions more than anything. So That was what was cool about your chat with Velocet, where you both were like, well, at the end of the day, he has been the, the antsy guy for a long time. Now he's just enjoying life. As basically as a sellout, but both of you seem sympathetic to the the life story of Howard Stern. Like you both seemed like, well, he was cool, but then he did what anyone would do in his situation. He just accepted that now that he's bigger, he can ask softball questions, get bigger guests, make more money, and, and live an easier life. Like you both seem sympathetic to to the narrative. Do you know what I mean? Which I like. I like that. Because well, it's better kidding. than this idea of, oh, we're going to sit here and say he should do this differently. It's like, if you think it should be done differently, you go and do it. You're not doing well, shit, actually, so shut your mouth. That's the problem with all these critics, man, in the scene. They're like, oh, no, you should do it. It's like, all right, you go and do it then. Well, you're going to do it, forever. then shut your mouth. Jeez. He used to have Artie Lang on, who's a comedian, funny, a drug addict, apparently, always, on, always stoned on the show. The guy was hilarious. They had a good synergy going on. Artie is is back. He does podcasts now and then. He's not funny. You know why? Because you need, sometimes you need to be part of a team. If if there's no ying to your yang, you can only listen to ying so much. You need the yang. So I, I don't even listen to Artie Lang on his own now because it's not interesting. The interesting was the tension that Artie created with Howard all the time because Artie was a drug addict. He couldn't show up on time. He had crazy drug stories. He lived a life that Howard thought was amusing as a loser, already being a loser, but it's not something that straight up Howard, even though he's supposed to be controversial, would do. So that little tension all the time, that was the show. People don't understand that you need all the components to make a good show. It's it's a it's a group effort in a lot of ways. So well, where would John Howard's Laws be without Rolo calling in every couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, Rolo helps the show. Uh, I don't listen to John Laws unless Rolo is... Uh, calling. I'm not sure it's an interesting show at all, but yeah, it's more interesting when Rolo gets thrown off, because that's the fun. How long can he go before he gets tossed off? And and yeah, you need you need all of that. It's what, do you, what do you think about Rolo and Jairus going to meet Gaia in Colombia? This could be fantastic. This could be an epic train wreck, couldn't it? Let's be honest. Well, I probably wouldn't meet people on the internet. I just, you don't know them. Yes, they're avatars, and we've talked, and you know, everyone seems pretty normal, but is it not something I would do? I just, I don't have the time or the inclination. I think it's, if it's 
if those guys who are going to meet him have the time and and the energy, I think I think it's fine. I think guy is one there. of my favorite moments of 2019 was when you were on a call with Rollo, and one podcast or your podcast, but somehow it's come up. Uh, would we meet in real life? And you said to Rollo, "I'm not your friend." Like you <laughs> were just very well. I know. You weren't being nasty. You weren't being uh, like you weren't trying to upset him. I know, but you were just being I matter know. of fact. I, I got in a uh, lot no, of crap not, for no, that. No, I'm not your friend. And you could just tell Rollo his feelings were very hurt by that because not he only that, you are his friend. I had a lot of people that listened to that that didn't like the way I handled it and left my site. They just said, <laughs> "I thought we were all friends here." And to be honest, I was just, it was, a, it might have been a little bit of a shtick. I'm not sure exactly what was going on in my own mind at the time, but I was probably doing a little Howard Stern because he's a big influencer of mine, at least in the past. So I have said things that I always thought it was fun when he said it, basically throwing his producer out of the studio, being harsh, because that was fun. It was funny. So... Yeah, I don't know Rolo. He's just a person, and I don't really want to meet anybody. I've, I'm not. It would be like meeting your heroes. It's got. It's. It would be one of the biggest anti-climaxes in your life. It would be a downer, total downer. Because I think it's so. The illusion when people meet me, head. I think they're disappointed. I've met a lot of people, and generally, I think when they meet me, they're disappointed. Well, we I'm like a, I'm a lot more boring in real we life. We like John bro, LeBon I'm, I'm a on person. the website. Yeah, we like yeah. John LeBon, the performer. You're probably just a regular guy. I'm boring as, as man. As when you meet me in real life, it's like and me too. people are waiting for me to say something funny or insightful. I'm just sitting there. Yeah. What would <laughs> I, I do if Rolo came over? Yeah. I, what, yeah. The last guy that came over, I brought him to work. How boring is that? I said, listen, I can't take the day off. You can come with me. It's really boring. Oh, you know, so you had a listener up. with you in the truck. Boy, Floyd oh, came with me in the truck. Yeah. Wow. I picked him up at his place in my car. In give, my... give some context. Hold on, because some of the things don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Poi is one of the guys who made the Vic Sim report. He's as part one of, of the my Cruise Forum um, greatest... outlet. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. He writes the most clear prose on the subject than anyone else. Him and Simon are interchangeably the best writers on the stuff that I like. Maybe you yeah, but remember, like remember, you, you, I'm going to release this as an MP3 on my site. Many people won't yeah. know who the hell you're talking about. It's easy for you guys to forget that you're huge in the media factory sub-scene, but in the broader yeah. act realm, many people have no idea who the hell you're talking about. So there's a guy called yeah. Simon Shack. He made September Clues. He has a friend yeah. called Hoi Poloi. The two of them wrote yeah. the Vic Sim Report. Vic Sim as in V-I-C-S-I-M Report. And basically what they documented was that a lot of the supposed victims of 9-11 are fake people. They're not real people. They were never real people. They're just a stupid yeah. photo and a stupid yeah. story. They're not real people. This, this idea that 3,000 people died is silly on its face, but when you look at some of the examples of the 3,000, it's worse than silly. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. And so well, Hoy Pulley was one of the people who exposed that. And you're saying that when he came to see you in Toronto, you were like, listen, Hoy, I can't take a day off work. You can just ride with me in a truck, is what happened, is what you're telling me. Yeah, that's what happened. Not interesting. I'm not interesting. I'm just a regular person with an, an interest in websites and technology and fakery and media. Bro, All I would definitely be up together. for this. If I'm ever in Toronto, I'd like to <laughs> just ride with you in a truck. Yeah, it's really boring. Trust me, my job is a pedestrian job. Any, Almost anybody can do it who has enough money to buy your own truck. Uh, it's not interesting. You're not going to see any extra interesting people 
They're just people down at the bottom here. We're the people that make the city move, goods move, services move. Without trucking, trucking is, I think, the number one employer in North America. <laughs> There's millions of us. And all we do is move crap from A to B, but we keep the whole economy going in all of the Western countries. Trucking is the blood and the roads are the bloodstream or vice versa. Whatever it is, we make the economy hum. It's not interesting. It's, uh, it's quite, it's not an easy job because of the hours and the drudgery of the whole thing. So you wouldn't find it interesting. So if Rolo came over here, there wouldn't be a lot to do. There wouldn't be a lot of time. I would, if he lived in the next town, I could say coming over, but do not come across the ocean to see me. You'll be really disappointed. That's really was what Hoy I was trying to get at. Or did Hoy have a good time? Well, Hoy was on the way somewhere else, so it was a stopover. I think we, we had an enjoyable time. All we did was talk. We could have done that on the phone. Uh, there was, okay, he saw me, I yeah, saw him. Yeah, but it's him. different when you're together and you're in real life. It's, it's better. It's significantly better because well, it's like a real human interaction. You know what I mean? It is. He's actually a, a pretty small person. He's a small man, and I'm, I guess, bigger. Uh, but How tall he, are you? I'm 5'11 and a half. Um, You're about the same as me. How tall is he? Yeah. Maybe 5'7, 8. Oh, really? Yeah, I can definitely see the top of his head. So whatever that, I didn't measure him. <laughs> but uh, Really nice guy, really unassuming, modest, really smart by his writings. He talks very clearly. He's definitely the same person. He seems like a genuinely nice person, like, like the kind of person who really nice. he's an you know that nothing bad's ever going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's if an you were artsy neighbors guy. You would never, for a moment, assume that anything bad will happen. He's got that. Yeah, he's band. an art artsy guy. He's art. He likes art. He apparently draws. He never drew anything in front of me, but yeah, you could get the vibe that he's not. He's sort of bohemian. He's not really trying to achieve anything great when it comes to say money or career. He's just sort of floating through life. I don't even know what he's doing now. He's just. He doesn't. He's just an easygoing person that obviously had an interest in media fakery or mainly Simon's work, and and that's it. I, I don't think he's trying to do anything dramatic now. He's not reinventing the solar system as Simon Shack is now. Oh, don't and, get me started on that. And no. I don't even know. I, I forgot about that until you just reminded me. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that whole design. I called it the train wreck. I, I released a, an article about it called Train Wreck. Where I took well, the notes from one of their podcasts about that model. What a disaster. So, yeah, I put that out of my mind completely. Yeah. You know what was really cool well, about Hoy Puller? Let me say something nice about him. When he did those Clues Chronicles with his father. So, listen to like yeah, father I like and that. son. That, I thought that was, that was very nice to listen to, I thought. Yeah, his dad seems pretty awake. I think his dad's username was Mental Floss, which I thought was a pretty cool name, actually. It took a little thought. And, yeah, he's very, yeah. It seemed like his dad. It seemed like uh, it seemed like his buddy for the longest time until he introduced him as his father. But overall, it was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, they had a the really most. good relationship, didn't they? Like it came across as though they yeah. got along really well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the total family dynamic. Whether his mother and father are still together, that kind of thing. I, I'm always interested in that aspect as well, which the origin story of any person and how they came to be the way they are. But overall, he seemed like a. It was a very casual, interesting conversation. His dad seems mostly on board with his research. I'm not sure he's interested in it as much, but 
everyone's different. How can you be interested exactly in what another person is? It's just, even if it's your own offspring, it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, Sorry, my parents couldn't care less about what I'm doing. I called my parents for Christmas today, obviously. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Well, it's Christmas. You know, people yeah. take Christmas very seriously. I don't. No, number one phone call day of the year, by the way, Christmas. I remember Probably that. Probably for this exact days. reason. Probably the for this exact reason. From the old days when we had telephones, I remember trying to call out of province or out of the country, and many times you'd get a busy network signal or you could not get through because this is the or was the busiest calling day. Now, of course, we have infinite networks connecting us to everywhere. Not a problem to contact. That's a little that bit of history there on networks. Yeah, you could not get through a lot of times on Christmas. Because all the lines are busy. All the lines are yes. taken. Yeah, there were. Because it was like a rudimentary, it was literally line. a rudimentary physical line. Physical lines, you had a direct line. And this is when phone calls were crystal clear. Unless you had an exposed wire under your lawn that maybe a squirrel ate at and moisture got in and started to disrupt the line, you could you could have a crystal clear line from here anywhere in North America because it was a physical connection. That's what an operator was. They they actually took the wire and plugged it in to the other wire at the other end. They were the switchboard. They were the switch. Now everything is digital switching and the operators disappear. I don't even know if they exist anymore, anywhere. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah, those, those are the old days when there's only so many physical connections that could be made. But now with digital, it's infinite, infinite connections. And quality, for the most part, is pretty good, but occasionally it's really bad. <laughs> it's because of all these splitting of the connection. Well, you know when you have those moments where you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm actually old now. Like, and obviously I'm only 32, so I'm not... Yeah. I'm not that old, but things, You're things a change rapidly, behind. right? Yeah, things change rapidly. So I was explaining how back when I was a kid, there was this song that was really popular by the Backstreet Boys, where yeah. basically the song is all about how the boys, you know, basically guys, just accept a woman no matter what her past is. Don't ask questions. Just as long as she loves you, that's all that matters, right? That's, that's the point yeah. I was making. But that's the point I was bad. trying to make was, was about how this song was huge at the time. Now, anyone who is 20 or younger, all they know is streaming. If they like the song, they can just look it up on YouTube instantly. If they had their friends over, just just Google it on YouTube. You can play it, right? But yeah. if you're 30 or above, you probably remember a time when there was a top eight hits or a top 10 hits or a top 12 hits, whatever it was, or a top six top hits. Top 100, Billboard 100. Yeah, the Billboard 100, not so much. Like, I mean, as in like every, every day at a, at a certain time, 3 p.m., 5 p.m., whatever it was, 8 p.m., they would play the biggest songs, right? And you knew... Roughly, what would be in the top eight because it's the same as yesterday for the most part. Yeah. So one song could be the biggest song for weeks on end. Oh, and as yeah. I was explaining all of this, I was like, man, everyone my age and older knows what I'm talking about. But but everyone sort of tw- about twenty or, or thereabouts or less, this must seem crazy to them that once upon a time we used to have to wait for the top hits played on radio to hear the song we wanted to hear. Like that that is that is so alien to how we live our lives today. You know what I mean? Now and you I'm can only access any music. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a that's an amazing world, and and yeah, there's all kinds of websites where they say that people this generation they've never heard of these things from the last generation, and and I think when you get to four generations up, you really are completely detached from the first generation just because you're not interested, you don't have the energy, you're too busy trying to stay alive, and it's a real struggle in your last generation, your last. Uh, 
I, I call it 20 years a generation. So if you're 80, you're in your fourth or fifth generation. So, yeah, it's, uh, things are totally different now, and they'll be, in 20 years, even more different. And Do you think in 20 years people will still be listening back to Fakeologist on Humble and Fred? How's that for a segue? There's going to be... Let's listen to two minutes of this. I'm going to put All myself right. on mute. Let's listen to two All minutes right, of go ahead. Fakeologist on Humble and Fred. This is 2017, March 2017, so about two years ago. And they've just invited him into the room. He's been listening. They've just invited him in. You can tell that one of the two is at least pretending to be anti... How would you say? He's giving off the, the impression that he's happy to have you there, but he's not happy to have you there. Let's see how it pans out for the next couple of minutes. Oh, and now it says no video specified. Resume. Oh, really? How does that sound? Because of uh, my... Uh, there we go. For having an affair. Yeah, because of my exciting and... Um, my interest in the all things conspiracy. Please welcome to this program. Uh, you have your whole name. Do you mind if I give your name? Go ahead. Tim Gordon, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Can I clap? Is this coming through? Um, James, what's your question? Why don't we start with James's question for I'm a fakeologist. What's your question? Well, yeah, uh, Tim knows me. I've talked to him several times on his... Oh, hi, James. I didn't know your real name. You are... Um... Sorry, what's your uninstall media? Un uninstall media. So hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. What would your question for uh, Tim be? Well, my question is, is that um, his website deals with uh, what we could call fake news, and that um, fake news is now a thing because Donald Trump talks about it. Yeah. And of course, you know, everything that goes against Donald Trump he classifies as fake news. Any story that comes out in the media that's against his platform and what he's doing, he'll just say it's fake news. Sure. But, uh, Donald Tim's Trump will say that, not me. Yeah, be clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but Tim's been looking at, you know, how the, the media is used uh, to propagate stories which may or may not be true. And it's just interesting now that this term fake news is in the mainstream lexicon. Yeah. So, you know, anything, you know, his take on that. Donald Trump is the worst thing that happened to fakeology because he's taken the word fakery and fake news, what we were trying to achieve with the word fakeologist, and taken it and meant everything that he disagrees with. So, in a way, he's co-opted the fakeologist word. And I... I coined the fakeologist word mainly because it's a word that most people didn't associate with anything. No preconceived notions like conspiracy theorists, which was a, a phrase that was given to us. So I use the word fakeologist so people say, what's a fakeologist? And my answer would be quickly, anything that's a study of media fakery where fake stories are put in the news and people believe them. And unfortunately, Donald Trump has come along and taking the word fake news to mean anything that he's opposed to. So he hasn't really helped the fakeologist lexicon in any way. But I know what you're saying on install. Hey, James, we got to uh, run, and uh, you can hear the rest of this. If you download the Humble and Fred show, you don't need satellite radio, although we encourage all to subscribe. Yes. Uh, HumbleandFredRadio.com. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, and I just want yeah, to say no. that I think Norm MacDonald is one of the greatest Canadians uh, alive today. And he's one of the fathers of Confederation as well. <laughs> we love Norm MacDonald here. Thank you. Uh, we, love, we love him here, too. Thank you, sir. We don't. I don't care about um, Norm MacDonald. So, <laughs> Tim's been uh, in the studio before, and, and yeah. I think people that listen to the show have heard me mention... This goofball, I'm a well, fakeologist. Well, not just you, but I've heard my interest in 9-11 for some number of years now. I and mean, that's kind of how we met yeah. as I uh, started searching the world for people that 
I could ask questions of. And I don't know, four, five, six years ago, Tim had me on his show, and we started a correspondence. And, yeah. And for the most part, you know, I find it fascinating. Similar, you know, I know you're, you know, maybe not as into 9-11 as me, but you're curious about conspiracies. And, you know, Fred and I have had discussions about, you know, Kennedy and, and all sorts of stuff. And, and from time to time, I'll make this statement, and I said it the other day about how, you know, I believe there are things in the world that... And you're totally right. ...that, that are way beyond uh, our understanding. In fact, uh, Fred's son, Danny, turned me on to this great documentary I watched last weekend with Noam Chomsky. I watched it, too. Thanks to you. The um, Requiem for an Requiem American for Dream. The American Dream. You yeah. can just back off that a little bit. Um, and so, and what... and what? Where was that? I'll do a pause there. I want to say, I don't think I've ever gone through this audio with anyone else, John, so good on you. Number one, my voice actually sounds better. He does have a lot of compression on those mics, so it sounds pretty good. And did you notice, I think I sound a little better than Howard, and he told me to back off on the mic. That, that's a that's an alpha male thing he did there. Did you notice that? Oh, John is uh, muted. John. John is having some dim sum in Vietnam right now. So I can't really comment on it if John is not at his desk. And why is the streamer bot cut in? Maybe it's going to cut in just about now. So let's just pause a second. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. I'll put a little more, play a little more. Sir, uh, Netflix. Netflix. I think it's Netflix. All right. But the point is... YouTube as well. Okay. And and the thing is, uh, it's a great one hour and ten minutes of your time just to give you a sense of the backstory of big government and the, the real world that most of us will never, you know, have any contact with. Mm-hmm. In fact, I said this to my friend yesterday. We were talking about real estate and money and finances. And I said, the real thing about, you know, people that I know that have made a lot of money, they know people that we could never know. And their sharing of information mm-hmm. is different than ours. The uber-rich. The uber-rich, the elite, the and, and that's just fine. It doesn't really, you know, affect me day to day. But, uh, but, but Tim has a site that I find interesting. I think others would as well if you're just curious. And you sort of started it with an, uh, basically just out of curiosity like the rest of us. Yeah, I'm a curator. I don't have all the answers, but I'm trying to curate things that I think are close to what I believe to be true. So I bring in different videos, different audios, different blog posts, and I curate it at my site. Now, a lot of people don't agree with a lot of the stuff I bring in, and I don't really even make too much of my own research. I am just collating research. So I don't have all the answers. I have lots of questions, and the more I learn... I find the less I know and the more questions I have. And this whole research into EGI or elite gender inversion. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I would have never thought I would be talking about that, honestly. I want to stop and just, you know, go to Fred here for a second because, you know, that that really is a lot of what I think um, the average person feels, which is we have a lot of questions about stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everyone stops their day and, you know, sits there like me. I'll go into a a 15-hour 9-11, you know, vortex, but... 
I think a lot of people from time to time question, you know, why things happen and why they... I think people in general have a feeling of powerlessness about really doing anything to make an impact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the more time you spend with it, the crazier it makes you. Um, you know, there's different levels of it, too, though. Like, I want to know who killed JFK, right? And then 9-11 is somewhat below that. Like, yeah, there's probably something to that. But then when it gets to, to like, this gender stuff, like, I totally check out. Because the thing is, it doesn't yeah. affect me. It, you know, and is well, that... Well, okay. You might you're going to ex- children. Okay, you're going to explain that. Um, but I'm just talking about me personally. Just and responding to me. what Howard says. Yeah, it's same with you me. know. I mean, there's different levels of it. The the gender thing. Sometimes I almost think, is that thrown out there to get people's attention so that you can lead them down another road, type thing. And so we should explain. So, uh, you know, I, I've been corresponding with Tim back and forth for a long time, and it's mainly been about 9/11 because it's that it's yeah. something that it's the granddaddy yeah. of our generation. Uh, for me, it's the for me it's the it's even beyond Kennedy because, you know, Kennedy happened when I was three years old. This happened, you know, just a few years ago for me, and and then once I once I pulled that thread, I couldn't stop pulling it. Mm-hmm. But so recently, in the last few months. Uh, I'm a big fan of fakeologist.com. Tim and I correspond. All of a sudden, Tim starts putting up these videos, generally by, you know, they don't don't get a lot of, they're not a lot of traction, but there's some videos that these guys are basically taking, uh, whether it's Robin Williams, Amy Schumer, uh, Prince. All right, Johnny, you there? Johnny, you got your, uh, you're on mute. Yeah, so I was just thinking, like, did <laughs> you, you actually I was, buy into... Robin I was Williams trying to or, um, uh, get a hold of you there. You must have walked away. Oh, yeah, it was a uh, long, 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 long story, but uh, getting no, you back to this... Um, no, you walked away because I paused it, and I wanted to tell you that I think my mic was pretty well compressed, and he told me to back off the mic. I don't know if you heard that. Not on He's this real, particular playthrough. Well, you, you missed know, it. Let me say something. I can away. remember when I first listened to this, right? I was living in Brisbane at the time, and I used to go for these hikes up this uh, yeah. local mountain. Yeah. It was only I a small mountain. A hike too. Dude, I, I miss that more than anything, just having a mountain to go to. Well, I don't have a mountain, but I a lake. Well, lakes are pretty cool as well. That's cool. But I had this mountain, and there was no one there. So, like, yeah. maybe once a week I would see someone else walking their dog there, but for the most part, it was just complete isolation. And I'm talking... I'm talking 15 k's from the CBD, like I'm talking 15 k's from downtown. So the idea that there's no one at this mountain is is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and it used to be like a big part of my uh, my day. And I remember listening to your your call with Humble and Fred. Yeah, that's um, a good one. It, look, it was, but look, I've, I've got to go soon because yeah, I do too. I got to go for a walk. Before I go, I've got to ask you a couple of questions really quick. Are you ready for this? But it's been a good chat because it is Christmas after all. I I know exactly what you're saying. Are you ready for a couple of questions? You, can you handle a couple of questions rapid fire? Go. Person next is person Y. Justin Bieber is the weekend. Rob Ford is Chris Farley. Bill no, that's that, that, that. I don't. This, I don't like that. I don't like that talk. Rob Ford is definitely not Chris Farley. It took me quite a few pictures to find any pictures that look similar. Rob Ford has been around a long time in Toronto. His father is a political person, and they have a lot of that. His his brother is now running the province. Okay. They're a power so, so why does IPS promote this? What do you think is the reason why he does this? Because he's a smart well, dude, man. He's one of the smartest dudes in the scene, as far as I can I tell. I was waiting for you to ask him that when you guys had that great call, and that was a great call, and I will not distribute it, even though I'm a 
charter member and I want other people to hear it, you're going to have to sign up for John LeBon or Tim IPS's Patreon. And why five bucks, man. Five bucks to join I Tim's know. Patreon. Anybody who's Another Tim, by the way. That, very I know suspicious. they're a liar. Oh, yeah. Tim's all over the joint, mate. Who and even it was is Tim a, from DC, by the way? I've always wanted. Who, who yeah, was good that guy. guy Whatever happened to him? He just, hey, just moved on with life. Good you guy. Out there, Tim from guy. DC. I hope you come back, even just for a one-off special. Yeah. Tim from DC. And why aren't there more here. people? Why are we going back all that way? We need new people. Come on, new people. Get on, get on, on the horn. Start talking. These guys did it a long time ago. We need new people because we have new information. What's, what's but, the deal, dude? Marcus Allen was asking questions seven years ago that if I was to ask him today, people would be like, oh, that's a great question. Oh, I got to respond to Marcus. Dude, thanks to the you. Guy, the guy he was keeps, seven years ahead of the game, man. What's going on he there? He is good. Marcus is good. But he said a lot of untruths. I don't like it. He said well, the whole page thing. He, he used to promote the whole page I know, but he thing. said I turned him away. I wouldn't talk to him. Listen, I was just probably as busy then as I am now. Not quite as busy. I just have problems making appointments at my computer to do chats. That's why I put the audio chat, because I'm in my vehicle all the time. I can just click in and talk. Yeah, the audio doesn't sound as good, but it gives me a chance to talk with whoever passes by at the time. I couldn't schedule an exact perfect time for him, and he said I didn't want to talk to him. Completely untrue. I'm happy to talk to him. I'm not turning him away. And you just proved that he can talk anytime with anybody. No one is shutting him down. So that is the total opposite of the message that IPS promotes. And IPS is great at finding services and new places to chat. No one is shutting any of us down. Like you said, Marcus can come talk to you, talk to me. I did not deliberately not talk to him. So that is a, a very... Mis- big misinterpretation on his behalf. I won't call the lie. He's just misinterpreting no, totally the situation. I totally dig what you're saying. If, if, if Marcus was here, he might say, oh, but when, I came, when he came back uh, last year, there was that call where he was chatting with Rollo for like an hour, and then you were there and the whole that time, was, but then uh, you didn't that was join, the worst, yeah. and then the call and, got and lost. And it didn't get recorded. That mm. was one of the Which only times. Which is very rare times. for you, Tim. Like, that's the only time your website's like That was one of the down. only times that computer crashed. Now, I only. Like, you can see why he would be suspicious of that. I'm not trying totally. to say that. Totally. And it was just, a, it was the funniest coincidence. It's t- I can it was totally. funny for you, not so funny for him, because he felt like he no, didn't shaft it. Hey, listen, if it was, he was talking to Rolo. It was, it was a really worse thing. Uh, but seriously, yeah. folks. Um, come on. <laughs> Who he had previously said that he wanted to punch in the head. <laughs> great controversy, great radio content. But I would have loved to listen to that. But listen, the mic is always open. Audio chat never closes. Anyone can come on that's verified and talk. And for the, if you ping me enough times, if I look at my phone and I see the ping, because I usually have them turned off if I'm busy, I'll come chat. Anybody, come by. And this is supposed to be the Christmas open house. I know I'm not sitting by my computer all day because i got to make the turkey and whatnot, but anybody can drop by, send me a ping, send it often, send me an email. I read my email if I don't get the ping. I'm at fakeologist.com, and I'll come on and chat with you and wish you Merry Christmas. Or just come on your own like you did and just wish everyone here a Merry Christmas. But no one is blocking anyone. In this day and age with the infinite number of ways to communicate, there's no excuse. No one is blocking anyone. Chris can come on here. He can do his own show. 
There's so many ways. You got YouTube and Have you been Vimeo and lately? Geez. Man, you've got a filibuster in me. Goodness gracious. You, you I know. can go on a bit of a And freaking, so can you, listen, by I've the way. Go. I was I'm literally going to go and meet someone in a couple of minutes. All right, I've got to go. We can so, filibuster uh, each other. A quick question for you. Okay, very quick. Let's see where this one goes very quickly. Okay. Are you ready for this? But, but let me summarize. I don't buy any of these person A and person B. And I did ask my children who follow Justin Bieber and who he calls Beaver, by the way. Even I it sounds like he's saying Why is he deliberately Bieber? doing that? I don't know. It's, is he, is well, he doing it deliberately, though? Because we all mispronounce words. You know. Yeah, well, he does mispronounce a lot of names, like Michu Kaku or whatever that dumb name is. Well, I, I used to say Pontius Pilati because I didn't know it was, it was pronounced Pontius Pilate. Yeah. So that, yeah. that can't happen. Yeah, my now mom teaches to call him Pont, Pontius the Pilate. But, uh, yeah, I don't believe person A is person B. I asked my children, do you think Justin Bieber is The Weeknd? And they just looked at me like I have three heads. Stupid. I didn't know who The Weeknd is because I don't care. But they said, no, that's that's ridiculous. And, yeah, but no okay. offense, Ed, but your your daughters, who I'm sure are, are lovely young ladies and they're yeah. really successful, I'm sure they're gorgeous, they're normies, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I asked my daughters, is this possible? And they said, no, well, okay. No, but could, they know who just, I just am. Just because they're your daughters doesn't mean that they're fakeology aware. It doesn't work that way. If oh, anything, yes, they, they might are be, aware. They, they might be anti-fakeology. You know what I mean? A lot no, of, they a lot do. of children are anti their but parents. But they do understand what I'm trying to do, and I'm, most of the things I bring up are, are tossed away, which is possible. Because they're programmed like everybody else. You're avoiding this. You know I've got a tough question for you. You're doing your best to avoid it. Because I've got to go in two minutes. I literally yeah. promised that I'd meet someone. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Fakeology. Cool. Do you agree it's time to make fakeology great again? And by that I mean <laughs> natural disasters. We had Simon Shack, Marcus Allen, Chris Kendall, all these people seven years ago saying natural disasters can be faked on the TV. Now on fakeology.com, fakeologist.com, we've got people saying, oh, you can't say that. You make us all look bad. Do you think it's time to make fakeology great again and say, yes, you can say natural disasters are fake? That's okay on this website. This is the one website on the internet where you can say that. Oh, anyone who says you can't say that is, I, is being, they're getting in the way. And maybe they should yeah. find a new website called realologist.com, which I would happily build for them. And they can go and pollute that <laughs> with their realology. Yes. Everything is open to question. Uh, you, you might say, how do you fake an earthquake? How do you fake a volcano? Uh, I personally don't Bro, know. Bro, years ago, Marcus Allen was saying they're using a boiler, like a, a large boiler, to do Yellowstone, yeah. okay? Now, he was only putting it out there as a hypothesization, a speculation. But the point is, mm -hmm. you're allowed to discuss this at hostcrossescallorfakeologist.com. Yeah. So, as much but as I might admire yeah, certain people for their abilities when it comes to trivia and knowing about actors in movies, and just they're just likable people, that's all great. But don't come to fakeologist.com and tell people you can't do fakeology. That's ridiculous, man. Don't even get me started. And that was one or two members. We have lots of people with different views. I don't think there's two people on the whole site that agree with each other. Therefore, if one guy says it, it's not the view of fakeologists. Yeah, we can question everything. We do question everything. And yeah, it does seem bizarre that you take a volcano. I don't. I haven't looked into the exact story right there, but I don't mind healthy discussion going back and forth. Bro, I haven't looked into it either. It's fine. For all I know, the event was real. In fact, that that would be my first suspicion, right? But surely these dudes, these long-term members of the site, are allowed to put forward their research suggesting it's fake. That's the whole point of the website. Exactly. And don't attack someone necessarily for bringing it up either. Attack the idea, fine, but don't just start in on the other person as another. Let's, let's... Don't try and tell me that you knew Annette Carrion and, and she's a real person who died. Don't do that unless you're willing for someone to come back and say, that's not real. And don't try and say, you know, people who died in the volcano event. 
when on this website people are like, well, maybe the volcano is fake. Like, don't don't do that. Well, with the Annette Carrion thing, that guy did. John, um, what's his name, Adams, didn't come back to defend himself, so we can't really say anything to him because he's not here. And I don't. Well, know I've got to go, dude. I've got to go. So I'm going to rip this and uh, upload it as an MP3 for my website. Let people right. know where they can find fakeologist.com. Well, tell them about your website. If they haven't heard of Thank you before, you. why should they come to fakeologist.com? Because you drop in now and then. And if you want to hear John Lebon outside johnlebon.com for free, come to fakeologist.com because this audio chat is free. This is a user-supported value-for-value system uh, moniker I took from the No Agenda Show. If you think this is worth anything. Donate to the – otherwise, if you want to hear all of John LeBon, go to johnlebon.com. He makes a living off it. He needs to be paid. Go now there. You can listen to all of me at Fakeologist. There's people handing out bootleg copies of my member There's content. no bootlegging from my site. Who is no, bootlegging? There's bootleggers out there. I'll guarantee you, bro. There's, there's bootlegging going on up the yin-yang out there. But listen, it comes with the territory. Do you not right? think like, that the movie theater – I take it as a compliment. I take it as a compliment. Yes, absolutely. I'm not, not to get you off, but uh, bonsoir. 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 I'm going to go. Hey, Jairus, I'm really sorry, man. I've got to go, but thank you very much, Ab, of Fakeologist.com for the chat. We'll do this again sometime soon. Merry Christmas to everybody out there in Fakeologist.com land. But I have to go. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. and uh, You have a time you have for no man. 2 in the morning? <laughs> uh, mate, have I got some stories for you? All right, everybody oh, take care out there, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again soon, all right? All right. Um, thank you, John. Remember, until next time, no more bye, monkey bye. business. Yes. I don't like that no more monkey business either. Uh, John, drop that if you're listening. I, I, I know you play some I, video. Yes. What is I that I only from? wish I could speak English that fast. <laughs> I only wish. Well, you speak pretty quickly for a French guy, let me tell you. Merry Christmas, Jelly. No more monkey business. No.